those who came before us, who made us who we are today. A legacy of warriors. Everything you need is already inside of you. There's no going back. You're ready, Shang-Chi. All of the training, all of the sacrifice. No one can hide forever. It's time to show the world who I really am. Hell yeah. Welcome to Dissecting This Fiction, a podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And this is The Anatomy of Shang-Chi. I believe you mean Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. No. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yeah, close enough. (laughs) Shang-Chi. And the Legend of the Ten Rings. And the Legend of Shang's Ten Rings. Okay. (laughs) Sure, why not? (laughs) And the Legend of Multiple Rings. It's a specific number. This guy gets married. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Over and over and over again. All right. Well, we are here for a spoiler review of Shang-Chi. So, with that, if you haven't seen the movie, fuck right off. Yeah, this is your time to leave. Yes. <laughs> Go watch the movie. Yeah. Come back. Listen to our review. Yeah. Or if you want to just be inspired about whether it's a good movie before you watch it. As long as you don't. I, I guess you can stick around. You have to be okay with being spoiled, though, because we are going yeah. into super spoiler town. I mean, I'm good at spoiling people. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you are. <laughs> oh, sure. Spoiling your spouse is sweet. Spoiling <laughs> things on the internet is douchey. <laughs> Make up your mind, people. Yeah. So this is pretty exciting. This is the first uh, Marvel movie we've had in a long time that actually has a chance to continue, because we all... It's moving forward. It's, yes. It's, it's not It's just, not like a flashback. Yeah. It, I mean, Black Widow was exciting. Yes. But the fact was we knew where it took place. Yes. In between previous movies we've already seen. Yes. And we knew her fate. So. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't really something that was like, oh, how is it going to move hard to get, forward? It's hard to get very invested in that kind of story when you know what's happening. Like what's going to be at the end of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So this one is exciting because we really had no idea. Um going like what could happen um so and how and there's a lot of potential for this to tie into other parts of the mcu and all of that shit going forward so Mm -hmm. it had a little bit more excitement level because of that i think so it was originally supposed to release february of 2021 after eternals which was set for november of 2020 and yet here we are and here we are (laughs) having already seen shang chi so it came out in early september Yes. Now seeing this movie. Yes. Before Eternals. Yeah, Eternals is not here yet. So Which is supposedly going to be in November. Mm-hmm. I know there's been rumblings that that could be delayed. At this point, no. Stop it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, there's been recent media outlets saying that it could be delayed for whatever reason. Right. I think it was based off how well 
Shang-Chi does mm. in well, th- being a theater only. But, like, they never really announced Eternals as being anything but theater, right? So what does it matter? Yeah. Weird. They're not, I mean, especially after the Black Widow stuff. They're not going to, this is a Disney Plus thing. Yeah. There's too many people in that cast that could be like, uh, absolutely the fuck not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's it's a, not just a whole one person. Cast of people with <laughs> of big names with power. Probably yeah, in they the would industry. be like, oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> so, Angel um, and Julia will like stick her yeah. adopted kids on <laughs> Disney. Yeah, so I, I mean, obviously, I think that means something to the effect of their order didn't matter um, as far as learning the MCU phase at it, this point. I mean, it could go either way, right? It either doesn't matter. Or they don't care because, well, I guess that's the same thing. Yeah. I guess in a way that's the same thing. <laughs> well, they're, they don't I'm have just, to I'm yet. just thinking of like um, the earlier movies, they kind of followed, you know, in order. Yeah. But then I, if I recall, I think Guardians of the Galaxy threw a loop where that took place long before, long before where we currently were, if I'm correct. Right. Yeah. So that was like a bit of a, you got to move around yeah. the, the timeline true. to understand where, where places, where things are taking place. Yeah, that's true. But like, if you are following along, like it doesn't really matter, yeah. right? And at least so far, Shang-Chi seems to be kind of a self-contained story. I don't think that's where we'll end, but Which for would, now. Yeah, and yeah. most of these newer introductions are pretty much yeah self-contained right Right. yeah with like sparkles Little of spider webs yeah that's a better one <laughs> yeah probably actual spider yeah. webs given where we're going i maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah it'll be interesting to see where this is going yeah definitely we don't really even know when this takes place, right? We get we have an idea but the, pretty much they've left it on the viewer to kind of decipher piece it together yeah where it is on the mcu timeline yeah so they start off with their the little caption says present day yeah which is like oh cool that's helpful mm-hmm. when i watched <laughs> that uh, the second time yeah because i watched this the first time regular second time i saw it in 3d mm-hmm. the second time i watched it i was like holy shit i had this whole like Internal conspiracy <laughs> in my head probably lasted a good twenty minutes yeah. while still watching the movie before yeah. I gave up on it. Uh-huh. Um, but my idea was when they say present day, are they talking present day for the viewer or present day for them? Yeah. And like I had this whole you yeah. know rabbit hole conspiracy of yeah. like what if it's the viewer? Yeah. But I think we found some stuff that kind of detailed where this could and couldn't be, and I think we've kind of established. Where we think it is. Yeah. We've got a little, like a few data points that we can put together and get a pretty decent idea of where it takes place. So, uh, starting off, uh, let's talk about Shang-Chi. He's played by Simulio. And Katie, or uh, her Chinese name, Ruen. She's played by Aquafina, And she is Shang-Chi's bestie. He met her when he came to the United States, which was... Um, well, he he was born in 96, right? That's when we established that. Well, we don't know that. We don't know that. Oh. 
No. What we know is his parents met in 96. Okay, sorry, yes. Technically, we don't know how long Based they were together. Based off the movie, his father met his mother in 96. When he was searching for They do this whole little uh, montage of the Their family's life. evolution yes. to having kids and yes. getting closer to present day. And so yes. we don't really necessarily know when he was right. born. Right, but that's our first timestamp that so we get. I guess the earliest you could say is they met January of 96 and he was born by October. Yes, <laughs> which is not, like, not likely. But yeah, so he was probably more likely born in 97 or whatever at minimum. But we're going to go with the Maybe 90s. a few years. I, yeah. I would say probably even yeah, arguably a few years. we don't know. Um, and so we know that he left on his mission, which we'll get into a little bit later at age 14. Mm-hmm. So that puts, this puts us around 2010, 2011. Okay. So then the next timeline note that we have is that he says he's been in the U S for 10 years. That's how long he's known Katie. Mm-hmm. She said she met him shortly after he moved there. He, he came there. Yeah. Shortly. Whatever that means. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so based off those numbers alone, that brings us to about 2020. And that puts him at around age 24. Yes. Uh, but that number doesn't really make sense. Like, it, yeah, it couldn't Because that be. would be before Endgame. Yeah. Which I feel like this... Which it can't Proves be. it can't be before Endgame. Because right. they have... Uh, there's like, I think on the street, there was like a faded brochure type... Whatever ad thing, what do mm-hmm. they call those? I don't know how a pamphlet. Much, I, I, yeah, I don't poster. Mean, poster. I there you go. Yeah, poster. <laughs> I don't know how we don't know what these things are called. <laughs> you know, like, like the thing was on like light poles or whatever. Oh, yeah, it's like so a poster, basically a flyer? it was like it was for people that need help with like adjusting to got it coming back from mm-hmm. the snap, right? Or the blip or whatever the fuck. They're whatever the fuck it. it's called, yeah. Um, but it looked kind of weathered. So yeah, so it'd been a while. That kind of shows that they're they're. They're more adjusted in this than what we've seen in previous MCU stuff where they, they just came back. Yeah, it's pretty clear from views of the city or whatever. Like anytime you see like this, any city that they're looking at, not just San Francisco, but it's pretty clear it's not immediately post-blip. Mm-hmm. Like, they've had time they've, to recover. They've adjusted yeah. and, and people exactly. are getting a little bit more comfortable yeah. with so, life again. So, let's use some other... N- some other dates that we have reference to based on some other properties as well. Um, one, in here we know that the his father, Wenwu, which we'll talk about later, but he was seeking Talo, which is the secret place, and the gate to it only opens on the King Ming Festival, which is the 15th day of the spring equinox every year, um, which is approximately April 4th, 5th, or 6th. Mm-hmm. That would theoretically put the movie... In early April. Yes. Based off the fact that they use that. Yes. It would have to be late March, early April when the movie starts. Mm -hmm. Because it's about two weeks for the movie. Yeah. Because that that event dates part of the plot of the movie. Yes. So then, then taking into account some other things that are not specifically from this movie. But for example, the fact that Wong is in this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Relatively heavily, right? Like yeah. He's he's not like well, not heavily, but like but more than I more than you would have expected. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be like, oh, cool, there's the cameo. It was more of it, more than just that. Quick and then thing. there was more of it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So we know that in the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, he's got suitcases and he's headed out through a little spinny magic portal. Mm-hmm. 
to a place that kind of looks like it could be Nepal, um, maybe headed to Kamartaj, back to being the librarian there, potentially. Yeah, because he's taking that over, right? Just to oversee the world's uh, mystic... Yeah, and because that's what he was doing. Powers he was shit. appointed the librarian of Kamartaj before the whole disaster, the last time whenever he had to go help um, Doctor Strange in New York. So mm-hmm. maybe at this point he's headed back to his original job. Yeah, and we know that that movie, at the very least, takes place shortly after Far From Home, which was eight months after Endgame. Yes. And it's even further than that because at the time that he's leaving, Peter Parker has gone to talk to Doctor Strange, which he didn't do until he saw Halloween decorations of a little vampire light. That looked like Doctor Strange. That looked like Doctor Strange. So it has to have been October of whatever that year was, which we assume that Far From Home was June, July-ish. So October of the same year, that puts us 10 months post-Endgame. That he goes to see Doctor Strange. Yes. And then at that point, Wong leaves to go do whatever he's doing. But when we see him in Shang-Chi, he's not... It seems like he's kind of established a routine and he's just doing his own thing. Because I I think we see him even go back into a portal to... Yes. I don't know for sure if that's where he was going, but that was my suspicion as he's headed back to Kamartaj or wherever to like... It seems that way. Logically, yes. And we'll get into like his whole role in the movie later on. Yes. Um... I'm pretty confident that that's where it dates this movie is yeah. after Far From Home, mm-hmm. uh, which if that's at the very least October-ish, yes. then that would date this the next April, putting it in 2025, yes, not 2024, or as early as 2020 as I've seen others yes. speculating uh, on the interweb. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So it's between four and six months after Far From Home. And allegedly, allegedly is what we believe is happening. Marvel is not going to be suing us over any false claims. (laughs) That's what we've deduced based on putting all the pieces together. Um, Let us know if you have a better idea or if we're missing something, feel free to send us an email, dtfpod at gmail.com or call us out on Twitter at dtfpod. Yeah. We can have a nice little Twitter argument about it. (laughs) Yeah. Or just a nice conversation. Yeah. Where we... Have fun. I wasn't sure if it was possible. To I know do that Twitter, on Twitter is legally like you're supposed <laughs> you have to, to have argue. rage when you talk to people. But yeah. I mean, you know, we could make a new trend. Yeah. Yeah, we can try it. <laughs> so let's kind of put this out as to like where we think overall how the timeline has been with the, the most current stuff. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about, you know, obviously we had Endgame in late 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on what we've seen so far, we know that WandaVision was it felt like around two weeks mm-hmm. after Endgame. Yeah. Because she was obviously still mourning Vision from the movie. Yeah. Um, we had that reference with um, Rambo that it's only been whatever number of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Not, so they yeah, kind yeah. of dated that, yeah. that that series. Yeah. Okay. Falcon Winter Soldier, they've established it was around three to six months after Endgame. Mm-hmm. So uh, that puts that even after WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loki. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> uh, we know it starts in 2012, but yeah. who the fuck knows what yeah. time that's Your in guess after is that? As good as ends. mine. Yeah. It could be anywhere, anytime. All times. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's not really even relevant. Yeah. Um, and then Far From Home slash No Way Home, we've kind of established is at the very least the eight months of Far From Home mm-hmm. and 
Plus, we whatever have... No Way Home is doing, which yeah. we think goes even further into late 2024. Yeah, it has the, it has the reference of Halloween decorations. So unless somebody is just an asshole and hangs up their Halloween decorations yeah. early, which is possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and then there's like the whole like the thing with the snow in yes. the sanctum, where yes. it's like, why is there snow in here? Yes. So. It is possible that, that if, explain it, it, if it's winter time, if it goes into fall and winter time in New York, you could easily yeah. get snow. I don't know why they would have snow in there. I know people There's have a, argued like, "Well, he'll snatch through this roof," and that was forever ago. It, end game or whatever it was, but yeah. it's like, well, that would have been fixed. Yeah, bibbity boppity boop. You know, yeah. it would have been. It would have been fixed. Yeah, it's clear. It seems like it's been some kind of magical accident, but like, I hope we find out. Yeah, <laughs> about what that's about. Maybe he just wanted to do some skiing inside. Yeah. He just was like, I want to feel cozy, and so I need it to be really yeah. cold in here and turn the fireplace on. He's like, I, really, I really want a cup of cocoa, but it's just <laughs> it's not cocoa too weather. It's warm out, so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could just do the house specifically so yeah. I don't change the entire city's weather. Yeah. <laughs> Very kind of him. Yeah, absolutely. So considerate. And then Wong was like, I'm... I'm I don't fucking have time out of here. For this shit. <laughs> yeah, you are on your own. You've made one too many fucking snowmen. Yeah. Strange. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So a little bit about our main characters. We've got Simu Liu as uh, Shang Shi or Shang Shi, uh, also known as Sean. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah. Legally, he was yeah, Sean. He was Sean. Yeah, yeah. At least in San Francisco. Yeah, and apparently that was how he thought he was going to hide from. People searching for him. It worked for 10 years, <laughs> arguably. As, as far as we know. <laughs> um, and then Aquafina was Katie, and her Chinese name we found out later was Ri Wen. And she uh, is just Sean. We're gonna call, are we going to call him Shang-Chi or Sean? What do, we, what do we want to call him for the episode here? Shang-Chi, I guess. Okay, okay. Or Sean, if you want. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty laid back with this stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to okay. be like, who is she talking about? <laughs> Okay, so they're both in their, like, early 20s. They're obviously, they have, like, finished college with degrees, but still working as valets. That's a good point. They did reference that they had degrees. Yeah. And were educated. Yeah. Edumacated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, struggling to find their place in the world to figure out what they want to do and mm. things like that. So. I feel like, didn't they even say she had, like, a master's? Probably, yeah. It was, like, in some, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, so, I mean, just throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> a master's um, in car driving. Yeah, clearly. And or parking. Yeah. <laughs> so, they've known each other for 10 years. They're best friends. Um, I I enjoyed that this was just a platonic, like, regular friendship. You know, it was, but I also feel like it wasn't. Oh, okay. I don't necessarily know the comics that well. Okay. And whether or not she even a character. I tried to look her I up, but I don't even, know if she I couldn't exists. even tell you. Yeah. Um, but it really felt like they had moments where it did feel a little more intimate than okay. just we're buddies. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, just the fact that they went on, like, essentially double dates with True. their friends. With their friends, It felt yeah. like. Um, but then there was also, like, moments later on where they have, like, real heart-to-heart conversations or... Mm-hmm. I felt like he was even holding her at one point mm-hmm. near the end of the movie, like before, like the big battle or something. Where yeah. it felt like it, there was a deeper connection. I felt there than they really kind of were playing it out as. Okay, 
Maybe I'm just. Well, I mean, maybe I just want them to yeah. work out. I don't know. It seems like you might. Yeah, maybe they're my new Jim and Pam. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's always a uh, places to go with the next Shong movie. Jim and. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind Pam. Yeah. How do you feel about like Aquafina being cast in this and like her role? We typically see her kind of used more like comic relief, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and she is to an extent used in that way. Yeah. Uh, but I do feel like they gave her a much better arc in this yeah. than I expected. Yeah, I agree. And I kind of feel like maybe she even was one of my favorite characters. Uh, through this movie. I agree. She definitely had an actual character arc and she had a place in the story despite being there as... She wasn't just there as like a set piece to be like, oh, damn, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it was... She was doing that, but like also she was she was part of it. She was like mm-hmm. written into it. It wasn't just like an extra person. Everything she did was for a reason. Yes. It wasn't like she was just there for the ride. Yes, exactly. I mean, especially since she was driving. Since she was driving, yeah. Many times. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah, she did like to drive. Uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> Not only was there a lot of driving on her part, but uh, there was a lot of fighting in this movie, obviously. Oh, yeah. Specifically with cars in vehicles, yeah. which I thought was a very interesting way of doing yeah. <laughs> the action scenes where yeah. not only are they fighting the Ten Rings or yeah. whoever the fuck it is, yeah. but... They are also, like, doing it with, like, high stakes of, like, being in a moving vehicle and shit. Uh, Particularly the bus scene. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think was probably one of my favorite fight scenes of this movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, And surprisingly, we got, like, what, two or three, I feel like, fight scenes in, like, the first 15 minutes of this movie. Oh, yeah. It was very fast-paced as far as that goes. You know, we, we had the introduction of... Uh, Shang Chi's father, mm-hmm. uh, from historic times, yes. whatever, yes. a thousand years before, whatever, you yeah. know, and that whole thing, mm-hmm. um, showing off using the rings, and then we have this bus fight, yeah, and then I feel like there was another fight shortly after that. So let's talk a little bit about the the bus scene. You know, uh, we get introduced to like our first antagonist character, yeah, uh, Razor Fist, yes. Do you remember when not not Taser Face <laughs> Razor Fist? Do you remember when the... it's his distant cousin? <laughs> yeah. Whenever we first watched this trailer, and you said something about Razor Fist, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know who that is," and you were like, "What?" <laughs> the guy, the guy with the with blade a razor on his arm. <laughs> for a hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understood who he was now. <laughs> Retrospect, that makes a lot of sense. That does track. Yeah. <laughs> So we get an introduction to him mm-hmm. uh, and some goons, which I guess were associated with him. I think they were Which just... wasn't really clear to me in the beginning, but I was, was wooing on. I was like, oh, okay. I think they were just miscellaneous Ten Rings guys. Okay. Yeah. So they were basically there for his medallion, whatever necklace thing he yes. has. Jade colored. It's like a necklace from his mom. Yeah. And they start really strong with this. Like he just... Yeah. He, it's a pretty intense fight scene. Throws off his jacket. Yeah. Drops down his razor fist. Yeah. <laughs> which I have a lot of problems with. Yeah, the it doesn't make sense. way that this makes any... Yeah, I, I know we're in a... We can't complain yeah. about this stuff. Yeah, but I like, know, I know. I have to. Uh, so, also, 
uh, Florian Montenot, I believe, is the name of the guy who played Razor Fist. Whenever they first announced that, I was like, who's this fucking rando? And he's, I guess, like a bodybuilder or something, which totally mm-hmm. makes sense after seeing him in this. Um, yeah, he had very curvy arms. Yes. It's not... Like, not in, like, in a bad <laughs> way. Like, very, like, muscular curvy. Very, very muscular, yes. Like, he's not flexing, but, like, yeah. he's got the they flex. Just, they're just there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, he, I mean, he didn't really have a whole lot of lines in this movie. No, but like, like, did he even talk? The, the introduction <laughs> we get is him basically throwing his jacket off, dropping his blade, mm-hmm. and swinging the shit out of this bus. Yeah, like tearing this bus apart. Yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't really understand. So they, there was no concern with whether they were going to kill Shang-Chi to get this thing. They couldn't just be like, hey, give us that. Your dad yeah. wants it. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. It was like, we're just going to use brute force. Yeah. Fucking up this whole bus uh, while it's going, of course. Yeah. Like any action movie. Yeah. The bus driver gets knocked out somehow. Of course. So Aquafina comes in to save the day. Yeah. Katie. (laughs) Using her driving experience. Yeah. (laughs) Without a class A license or whatever she would need for a bus. Yeah. And then... I feel like also you have the typical thing that happens almost every time this kind of a public driving situation happens where you've got like passengers who are not reacting appropriately to the situation. Yeah, they're all just kind of like, they're like, oh my God, but yeah. like, like five feet away. <laughs> like, even... listen, I know that it's just like your every weird shit happens on the Muni, but it's not that fucking weird. If that starts if happening, a big body I would be builder, jumping off the bus. If there's, exactly, I was going to say, if there's a bodybuilder. With half his arm with and a, a giant. Fist. And it wasn't even that it was a sword. It was like a machete. Almost. It was like heated up. Like yeah. it was like it cuts, th- it melts through. It was like a lightsaber. Yeah, it didn't essentially, make sense. Yeah. It felt like. It was, yeah. It was a dark saber, essentially. And it was like, if I saw that on mm-hmm. a bus, I would be like, nope. nope. And I would like. Find a way to get out. I would open those doors yeah. myself. Yeah. And I would just hop out. Yeah. We're going 50. Yeah, okay, I'll take my chances. If I just hop, <laughs> I should. Theoretically, just land properly, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't, that's how physics work, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, his whole arm thing—it it, was—it was too crazy for me because, yeah, where does it go? Yeah, his, that so implies this that inside his arm is just is holding it. Yeah. So the part of his arm that's like below the elbow that looks like a regular arm is clearly it can't be real because mm-hmm. it's like hollowed out and has some kind of like hooked situation inside to hold yep. his blade the dealings. only way it would make sense is if it was like the blade retracted yeah and like compressed and then came out and like expanded whatever yeah but they don't really show it do that no so they i mean not. marvel you're fucking up yeah <laughs> how am i supposed to take this guy seriously if he doesn't have a retractable blade yeah come on now <laughs> then they would have to name him like switchblade arm Switchblade arm. Okay. Insane. Yeah. Do they just got lazy after a while naming their characters? Like they were like, yeah, Wolverine. Because he's got claws that come out of his fist. Yeah. Uh, What about this guy? His whole arm is a fucking knife. (laughs) Uh, Uh. Razor fist. Yeah. (laughs) Probably, to be honest. So yeah, the bus bus scene was pretty fucking insane. They're like trying to get his uh, necklace deal, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a really impressive scene though. Like, yeah. it, I actually saw too some of the how they did it on like Instagram. He showed like a little behind the scenes of like them filming, mm-hmm. you know, the 
the bus with a huge blue screen behind it and stuff, which Mm -hmm. I'm a fucking idiot. In my head, watching this movie, I'm like, wow, how do they do this scene? Like, <laughs> like is he actually jumping around on a bus while yeah. it's moving? And then, like, I, oh, why did I not think that this was all blue screened? I don't get why I fell for that. But I guess it looked so great. I don't know. But, yeah, um, yeah I just was really impressed with it. Like, mm-hmm. he, Simu Lu just, he just really gave a performance, like, with, yeah. with not just the acting, but the choreography i mean obviously mm-hmm. they were all like designed and they know right. what they were doing but yeah. like it just it looked so good yeah i loved whenever he like had his jacket slightly taken off and then he like used it for something mm-hmm. to beat uh, one of them and then he puts it back on or that whatever. actually i guess was a uh, little nod to jackie chan okay that's i was like why does that sound seem familiar yeah and <laughs> that makes sense yeah it was a nod to jacket chan oh all right <laughs> Um, one thing I didn't love in this scene was whenever um, Razor Fist like magically somehow chops the brake line. Like, mm-hmm. I think that was a little bit like, okay, I don't think it was obviously an accident, but like, I don't think you would accidentally randomly pick that spot. It just seemed a little bit too convenient. But of course, then you have the crazy scene with the garbage truck and all of that. Mm-hmm. So it was fun. Um, but I also felt like, Whenever uh, Aquafina or uh, Katie's like, we make a great team or whatever, I feel like they misrepresented that in the trailer, because in the trailer it made it seem like she was talking to Simu, uh, to Shang Chi, right? I honestly can't remember okay. that. Was well, it the bus driver? It was the bus driver. Like, she was talking I mean, to. Yeah. whatever. That's like semantics. It's so. not a big deal, but it, I was like, oh, that has a different meaning than yeah. what I expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, they they sprinkled in her her humor and, yes. and like those kind of things. And yes, I loved the part where. Uh, he like when I give you the the sign, <laughs> hard hard right or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's like, how oh, I know what the sign is. He's like, you'll know. And yeah. then he like pulls the like the stop. bus stop <laughs> <Yes>. cord <laughs> later on. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty, pretty good. That was good. Yeah. But I will say, like, and that's like another semantics thing. It's like. In the moment of how that all went down, it felt like it was a very random pull. Yeah. There was no, like, he knew where they were and what yeah. was going on. Right. So, how did how did it just so conveniently yeah. be at, a, at an intersection yeah. that this is when he pulled it and she did their hard right and yeah. drifted the, the bus. Yeah, exactly. Move it's... over Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they probably used a bus. I don't know. Yeah. But they didn't use it like this. True. So one of the other really good fight scenes, even though it's a little bit larger and have multiple parts, was uh, the Macau underground fighting ring where they go next. They go to um, look for Shang-Chi's sister and they end up seeing a lot of people along the way. They've like they're they've entered this building and they don't realize that they're in an underground fighting ring, but then as they're led through, they're like, Oh, what the fuck have we gotten ourselves into? Mm-hmm. Um and they've got uh there's a few Easter eggs you can see as they're traveling through. There's a, a character who's got the like extremis extremists is that what they call it, where they're like yeah, yeah, from Iron Man three. on fire essentially. Yeah. Um yeah, from Iron Man three and that which shows that there's people who have been able to like control mm-hmm. the injection yes. right it's not yes. like they were all yeah they weren't all gonna explode at some point yeah yeah uh and that character is actually fighting with this one's harder to see um fighting with a black widow 
who was actually a Black Widow in the Black Widow movie. Mm. Her name is uh, Jade Zhu. And see, I saw her fighting him, and I was like, I don't know who this is, but yeah, I feel like we're important. supposed to know. Yeah, yeah. Because they, it felt like that particular fight they they emphasized rather yeah. than all the all others. the other randoms. Yeah. yeah, I honestly didn't. I figured I did the same thing. I was like, she looks. Why does this seem so important? She looked mm. kind of familiar. I can't figure it out. And I had to like look it up. And yeah. uh, somebody else figured it out for me, thankfully. Um, and then we do actually get to see uh, the tr- trailer scene. There's the big fight going on between Wong and Abomination. Benedict Wong playing Wong as usual. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so this is where we get him coming in for the first time in the movie. Yes. And then Tim Roth is playing Abomination. But is he? Well, because we don't really see him speak ever in this movie. We do. He makes noises. No, I've he never says heard words. him say anything. Uh, it's at the end in the locker room. He says a couple words. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I missed it. It's something like that hurt. Not really hurt or something like that. Like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that they gave him a updated look to yes. be more traditional to the comic. Yeah. You know, he he's got the. The webbed ears. Mm -hmm. And the character Abomination was last seen in The Incredible Hulk. um, But... (laughs) The the stepchild, the the ginger stepchild of the MCU. Yeah, but obviously, like you said, he's gotten an upgrade. And um, we are also expecting to see him back in She-Hulk. So this is a good little preview of what he might... I'm, you know, this whole... This whole thing with him and Wong, mm-hmm. and then how we find the reveal that, like, oh, they're partners, and this is just an act, like... yeah. It's all staged. It, it was, was like so, basically like a wrestling. It's it was like, ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it's not at all what I was expecting. Yeah, but it, I love it. it. <laughs> it's not like he was just going up against a rando. Yeah, you know, they're apparently friends. It seems yeah. based off the they relationship. They obviously have after. like a partnership that yeah. they're working on. Yeah, and you know, of course, you had the the fun scene where he uh, uses the portals to yeah, like, he's like that make really abomination hurts. punch you know himself. How, how much it hurts? <laughs> it's like, why are you hitting yourself? Like... <laughs> Did he say that? No, but oh. it was basically okay. what... It's essentially what just happened. Like, how did I miss that joke? <laughs> he should have said that. I mean, they fucked up. Yeah. They, they really fucked <laughs> that up. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we see him in the locker room, like, chatting it up and yeah, leaving a portal buddies. together. Yeah, and they're like, peace out. Presumably is Nepal. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that's the part that really confuses me is, so... Wong, who is associated with the Avengers, mm-hmm. Hulk, yeah. Banner, yeah, um, as allies, yeah, and then he's also hanging out with Abomination, who was a villain in the Incredible Hulk movie. Um, presumably, he's like more in control, yeah, uh, since the transformation. He's obviously evolved more. Maybe it's like a Hulk situation. We'll learn in a storyline, of- yeah. You know, he needed time to adapt and his brain to like be able to take back be able over. to understand and have like consciousness of yeah the transformation yeah. But it's a little confusing, and I'm kind of curious if this is going to be like a thing where maybe Abomination is going to be used in some kind of a capacity of um, like Thunderbolts or something, maybe possibly or some kind of tie into the government like he's working for the government now or something mm-hmm. i don't know it just seems like i want to know why they have this relationship how did this start and how is it like not weird for the hulk yeah to be hanging out with wong knowing that he's hanging out with his enemy good point however 
Wong has always been a little bit more like, I think as far as we've seen a little bit more loosey goosey as far as like being able to, uh, like he's, he, there was some reference to him like enjoying pop culture things, even though he like acts like he doesn't amongst like basically understanding the, uh, he's hip is what you're saying. Yeah. He's like, he likes, he understands. Like kids are allowed to stand on his grass. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. Uh, he understands society and likes to take part occasionally, even though he's supposed to like maintain separation because Mm -hmm. he's like a guardian of what the fuck ever. Right. Well, I mean, you wouldn't call this being part of society. It's an underground fighting. But my point (laughs) was that he obviously is interested in still, he goes out and has fun. And maybe this is just like a fun thing for him to do. Yeah, it's like, this is like, this, this is like him going to play, like gym time, pick up you know? hockey or <laughs> yeah. play on a softball team. Exactly. You don't know. <laughs> this is how he relieves some stress. Yeah. By beating up big mutated fucking lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> but I mean, after this fight, we do yeah. get, we do get introduced to, uh, what we think is just going to be Shang Chi's opponent because he got yeah unknowingly somehow signed he up for signed this up fight for the big fight of the uh, night. It turns out he's going up against his sister. Yep, Zhao Ling. Uh, Zhao Ling, played uh, by uh, Manger Zhang. Is she from anything? I didn't she really recognize looks her. Familiarish, but I couldn't. Let me see. I don't think so. But that was a really fun scene, like seeing them fight and all that stuff, and. You know, they kind of did the flashbacks throughout this movie where they really emphasized that she was a girl and wasn't allowed to learn how to fight with mm-hmm. her brother. Yes. Because of, you know, the gender expectations at the time. Yes. Uh, or at least within their culture. Mm-hmm. But she's kicking ass in this scene, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you, you've learned that she has pretty much taught herself how to fight because she wasn't going to be able to be to learn... From somebody else. Yeah. Because we saw that in the um, in the flashback areas where she kind of eventually picked up those like crazy weapon that's like mm-hmm. a chain with like a pointy shit on the, the end. The rope with the knife at the, the end. Yeah. Like, the rope I knives. I fucking love the rope knives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously <laughs> razor know, fist doesn't use it. I don't know it. what those are but they're terrifying. Can you imagine just like accidentally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sh- I, I know. <laughs> Every time they show them using those, I'm yeah, like... Yeah, I'm like, someone's getting How many out. people tried this and just, well, you know what? I lost an arm, so I'm probably done. <laughs> yeah. Not something I would ever be practicing. <laughs> yeah. But it looks so damn cool. It looks very cool. You know, they showed her practicing as a child, and then later on we get the, the battle scene near the end of the movie mm-hmm. where she's just full out. Swinging that shit and fucking people up, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely a weapon that I am fond of without knowing anything other than them throwing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the physics of how you would use such a weapon. Uh, okay, apparently it's called a rope dart. A rope dart. So it wasn't that, it wasn't that off. Rope okay. knives, pretty close. Could you imagine if people just started calling her rope dart? <laughs> yeah. Who is this warrior? Yeah. They called me Rope Dart. <laughs> and she beats them, right? Yeah. Obviously, there's no weapons in this battle. But right, like, right. She just does she a still hardcore him. fucking roundhouse kick or something. Yeah. Just fucking drops them. Yeah. So. And, like, he just beat all of those guys of the, like, Ten Rings mm-hmm. people on the bus and everything. So, like, yeah. this is pretty fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. 
And then, of course, Katie's like, oh, my God, you're the best thing I've ever seen in my life, basically. Yeah, she's a fan <laughs> She's girl. like, you are so cool. Yeah. And then she awkwardly <laughs> sips on her booze when, <laughs> yeah. when she sees him lose. Yeah. <laughs> she comes in with a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, where'd you get all that money? Did you bet against me? <laughs> I mean, it worked out. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it explains how they're paying for shit on this trip. Yeah, true. Um, so, yeah, we, we learned that his sister... Is actually running this thing. She's yeah. not just like a manager of it, no, she, but she like built the... this from the ground up. Mm-hmm. She, you know, yeah. makes a line later on. You know, if I'm not allowed to be in my dad's legacy, legacy, I'll then build I'll build my own. own. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it was really cool that they've taken characters in this that weren't necessarily the focus, but mm-hmm. like they kind of gave them these roles of making them important. Yeah, and showing that they are more than just background characters yeah. or side characters to yeah. shang chi yeah definitely she's very much the uh i don't need no man character <laughs> yeah <that's> a... <laughs> it's always good to have one of those yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and then we have another pretty decent fight scene whenever the ten rings have trapped him there and they go to attack them and then we have this crazy eventual fight scene where they're like climbing on scaffolding outside of the building that was terrifying mm-hmm. i was very upset by it i will say that one i didn't think was actually being filmed <laughs> on that's the good. side of a building that's good that's good <laughs> it's good to clarify <laughs> how fucked up is that though like this whole thing like he he thinks he's fighting to like the death with the, the ten rings his yeah. father's clan yeah they're all fucking attacking him yeah Trying to get whatever, I guess, the sister's yeah. amulet. But, like, what's crazy is, like, he's throwing them off the fucking side of the thing. And yeah. like, they're, like, falling to their death and shit, right? Yeah. As yeah. far as we know. As far as we know, yeah. And then, uh, by the end of this whole fight scene, it's just like, all right, enough. Yeah. His dad shows up. He's like, he come just, with like, us. captures him, yeah. It's like, it's like it was it's, worth nothing. So, all these people just died for, like, for no nothing. fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking messed up. But, yeah, those, uh, like... Traveling in the like bamboo scaffolding on the outside mm-hmm. of that building, that was the scariest part of this movie. I was really surprised how the one that Katie was hanging on mm-hmm. didn't last very long. It snapped pretty quickly. I thought yeah. bamboo was known for being durable and flexible. They need to talk to their bamboo guy. I, I mean, I think the kind that grows like really tall and thick that they would use for scaffolding probably isn't supposed to be flexible. I mean, wouldn't that be the one that you need to be flexible? Seems how it's meant for well if structure. it's too flexible then you stand on it it just like falls <laughs> it's not like it's spaghetti but god damn it ted i didn't say to use spaghetti for this sca- scaffold great now i want spaghetti thanks yeah okay well just wait till they make a fucking a bamboo spaghetti <laughs> they probably have yeah probably Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Ten Rings, the actual organization. Yeah, we got introduced to them in, yes. this, in this underground fight thing. I'm a little confused about what exactly they do. So they kind of imply that they interfere with like world events mm-hmm. for their own gain, I yeah. assume. Yeah. So the father's been around since like a thousand years, yes. presumably, yes. it Tony, seems. Tony Lung plays Wenwu. And he's the the real Mandarin, if you will. Well, in quotations, which I actually appreciate how they did that. Yeah. You know, yeah. they didn't really know how to approach this whole yeah. 
character with the mm-hmm. cultural sensitivity and all that stuff yes. of what they've done in the comics. So, um, first off, they, they completely scrap who the father was from the comics. Yes. Who was Fu Manchu, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they replaced him with what we know as the Mandarin, but right. he's not really the Mandarin. He just says, people have referred to me as the Mandarin. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, can you believe it? Uh, something like about like all the power they I have. They call me the warrior call king me... or whatever, whatever. There's a few other things that they... Yeah, but yeah. then he says, I'm named after a food or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're like, they they called me, they called him something, they named him after an orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting. That yeah. They, uh, I guess it's their It was way not of a name that around. he gave himself at all. It was something yeah. that was a co- I think his and the implication was that what's his toes, the real villain that mm. had recruited the actor to play the Mandarin, made up the name the, the Mandarin and just used the story from Iron Man three. Yes, yeah, yeah, from yeah, Iron yeah, Man three. Yeah, yeah. Adrian. Yeah. Whatever. So it was yeah. a nice callback to that, right? Yeah. But then, of course, we get like further into that. You know, we do. We, we already yes. have the extremist thing. Yes. Uh, we have that little callback. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very interesting that like, so this is a clan that's basically been around forever, pretty much has used the, the Ten Rings mm-hmm. as what a way kinda, to control <laughs> the power. What it kind of seems like is another version of what we saw in Black Widow where all the widows were like incorporated into society to help manipulate the situation. Exactly. Exactly yeah. what this feels yeah. like. Which is interesting because that means you have multiple groups doing the same thing in yeah. the same timeline. Yeah. Obviously, they were way after. Yes. But that movie took place starting in the 80s. Right. As far as we knew. Mm-hmm. So there had to have been some Ten Rings around at the time. Yeah, it's interesting to see like a, a lot of these terrorist organizations, mm-hmm. as they generally are deemed, were kind of all acting around the same, in parallel, mm-hmm. but not necessarily trying to do the same thing. But like, even like Iron Man 1, right? The the group that captures him is mm-hmm. the Ten Rings. Yes. So, do they have subgroups that go by the same name? Are they all working underneath Wenwu? I believe Or they're... do they just use that name? Like, because they were clearly not chinese um you know what is interesting is the timing of iron man one where iron man is created i read something that someone pointed out that technically uh the person killing shang chi's mom technically caused the creation of iron man because that's when when we put back on the bracelets or the rings and starts fucking shit up again Yes. And that's what, that his organization is the one that captured Tony Stark. Well, you could argue, see, that's the thing is, that's unclear. Is, yeah. Does he still run the Ten Rings, but just without the rings? Is he still like, was he like completely out or was he know. like more of a businessman and like kind of hands off, but still like wreaking benefits of the clan? I'm existence? assuming he was more of a businessman situation. But then whenever he wanted to get revenge, everybody was, he made the organization super aggressive, causing them to do things like kidnap an American billionaire and shit like that. Mm. Okay. That was just, I was like, oh, it's an interesting It's thought. just kind of more spider webbing, right? Yes, it, it yes. Just, this movie did a lot of like little things like that, that, that it's its own origin movie for mm-hmm. the character, but it also felt like it really did a great job at connecting other content from the MCU to it 
indirectly. Yeah. You know, nothing that affected the movie itself, but, like, it's like a nod that you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of, like, adds more to that movie. Yes. You know, like, Iron Man 3 was a very divisive Not film. Not beloved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you either liked it or you hated it, mm-hmm. right? It, it, there was really no in-between with that one, mm-hmm. it felt like. Yeah. Um, I think this movie allows for that one to feel like it was a little bit better designed, I guess, yes. with the story that they did with that. Yes. This really... Whether they planned that, I don't know, it but... It definitely redeems part of that it, movie. That's a good word to use. Yeah. Sorry. Redeems. Yeah. It, it definitely redeems that movie. That's the word you told me earlier, so I, okay. I don't want to take credit for it. I just don't like to use the same <laughs> words twice. It's a thing I have. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to be counting all my words. Like, yeah. you said the, like... <laughs> 40,000 times. Um, yeah, so it definitely seems like uh, this... I'm, I'm still not really clear on what... I guess the ultimate goal behind the Ten Rings with Wenwu leading them is world domination, I guess? Or power? I power. doesn't really feel like it's even world domination because he's, like... He would have dominated the world by then, yeah. right? If, yeah. If he was, like... Is it chaos? <laughs> Well, it just feels like it it's power, but like not I guess it's like in the shadows kind yeah, of. Yeah, he doesn't want to like be not, the leader. He just wants to read the benefits. Well he, no, he well, wants to the, be the I mean he's the leader. He no, wants no, no. to be the leader. And what I mean is that he doesn't want to be the leader of the world. He it's wants like, to reap the benefits and have other people do their autonomous stuff. Yeah. Right. Like he's like he's not out in the open. Yeah. I mean you know, kind of reference the whole Iron Man three thing where yeah. they used him as a likeness to do their terrorism. Yeah. Which kind of brought him to the forefront. Yeah. But like it was all based off just, like, hearsay of him. Mm-hmm. Not really so much anything they knew. Right, exactly. Uh, we also have Andy Lee as Death Dealer, which, who I think you know more about a little bit. Uh, I mean, I don't really know a whole lot. Oh, I, all okay. I know is in the comic, he was relatively the same concept of he mm-hmm. wore... He was, like, a right-hand man for Fu Manchu mm-hmm. in his whole situation mm-hmm. i mean he's basically it feels like he's the same role in this movie yeah it's just now he's for the 10 rings and whoever they've changed to his father which is when right yes. so yeah um but overall they didn't really use him much right no. like he he was a very um noticeable character his costume was very uh vibrant mm-hmm. and unique and yeah um definitely a character i wanted to know more about but they really didn't touch upon him other than he trained Shung Chi, and that was it. Like he trained him, had some kind of a rocky relationship because of like the way because he trains. Because of the training, because he so, was a terror. I mean, there's yeah. even a point where uh, it looks like it was. This is at the underground fighting thing. Yes. You know, when they were trying he to get the like emblem. He looks like he's gonna kill him. He looked like he was gonna kill Death Dealer. Yeah. When he, you know, beat him. Yeah. Uh, which I guess kind of works for his kind of arc and mm-hmm. being who he is. Obviously, he's like a character we don't like. He doesn't talk, right? No. We haven't heard him yeah. talk. He... We don't really get a whole lot of information about him other than he was kind of like an overbearing teacher and trainer, basically. Mm-hmm. At the at the instruction of... I definitely feel like he was underutilized in yes, this movie. Yes, definitely. I, I, you know... I guess we're in spoilers. So, he, you know, he does die yeah. later on. As mm-hmm. far as we know, he dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He deals his own death. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And it, it kind of sucks because I felt like that's a character I would have loved to have seen more of. Right. But I guess the idea was he was directly tied to loyalty of the Ten Rings mm-hmm. and Wen Wu. Yes. So by keeping him going forward, it might be problematic for right. what they want to do. Yeah, it could, be, could create an unnecessary conflict. So I guess they just didn't need the character as far as what they want to tell. Right. Um, so that sucks. But it's I guess it's nice for the, the, the people that like the comics and, and know this character. To and, get the kind of like an Easter egg at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, we brought up Iron Man 3 a few times. Trevor Slattery comes back in this movie. And uh, Ben Kingsley reprises his role. And he is actually in a, like a... A dungeon jail cell situation. Mm-hmm. Did you expect him to be in this movie? No. I was expecting an like a like an Easter egg kind of like one off line about yeah. him existing, yeah. which they did. You I know, was expecting the conversation, with the, the dinner where yes. he references how I was named after a, chicken a terrorism <laughs> terrorist group took his name or yes. whatever, and, and yeah. used that is what I was as expecting. a poster child for their. Whatever crimes. Yeah, I was um, not expecting the actual actor yeah, to be in so this. So we saw that and I was like, okay, there it is. Yeah. There's our tie to Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, the broader MCU. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was it. Yeah. And then... It turns out. <laughs> and then we get, you know, them imprisoned for whatever reason. Yeah. And then you hear this weird groaning noises yeah. or whatever. Whatever, groaning. yeah. And I'll be honest, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, that's him. Yeah. I, for what, it shouldn't have sounded like anything like him. Yeah. But for some reason in my head, that was yeah him practicing his acting. That was like, that's exactly what I thought whenever, whenever we found out that uh, Shang-Chi was going to be fighting someone in the, in Macau, I was like, it's going to be his sister. Like I knew it immediately. <laughs> Sometimes See, I didn't think of that at all. Yeah. I don't know. Because I think they even referenced that it was a guy at some point before oh, that. Okay. So, which I'm sure that was just to throw you off. Right, right. But um, didn't work on you, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, back to Trevor Slattery. He's in the dungeon. It turns out he was captured, like he was busted out of jail by Wenwu and basically taken mm-hmm. to be killed. But yeah. then they... So they spark notes the... Uh, the Marvel short yes. that they, they had of him, right? Where okay, yeah. he's being interviewed in prison, yeah. telling his story about like how he got into the whole situation. Right. And then what he thinks is just an interviewer for like a like a, like a news outlet or something mm-hmm. ends up being a part of the Ten Rings. Yes. And then they they show up to basically kidnap him. Yes. To kill, I guess. Yes. But they determined they weren't going to kill him after a while because he was they learned he could be entertaining and they basically it seems like mm-hmm. he kept was kept as a court jester of sorts yeah he i think he quoted a line from macbeth or something yeah. when he was about to die yeah. and then they yeah. were like oh he started reciting shakespeare and they were like oh he's actually pretty good <laughs> we could use him yeah so like we talked about before like do you think that this strengthened his performance from previously or like how, how do you feel about him in this compared to iron man 3 Obviously, I mean, obviously, I like him more in this. Yeah, he's way better. Obviously. I mean, he's more of a likable character. Yeah, but right? does it make you don't his... see him as a villain, and then yeah. tomorrow he's just some schmuck who yeah 
Some random ass hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he actually has like a personality and yeah, he's useful. It, and That's what I really loved about this character because they they took such a like a, a disappointing character, mm-hmm. if you will. Yes. From Iron Man 3. And then they kind of reinvented him. Yes. As a different character that you can kind of fall in love with again. Yeah, definitely. And obviously he's not the Mandarin. Right. But, like, you see him as a different character now. Like, yeah. And I, I thought it was really fun how they used him. They didn't use him too much, but they used him enough that he kind of took over the comedic relief. Where yes. Aquafina could kind of then blossom into her story arc that they've yes. given. Mm-hmm. And it was also great to see his little friend Morris, mm-hmm. who he thought was imaginary. <laughs> you can see him? <laughs> but the, it was, the sign of relief he had yeah. <laughs> that he wasn't the only one that saw him. Yeah. It's so funny. The little creature without a face. It's very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Somehow cute and disturbing at the same time. Yeah, I was... <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit more later. I have some thoughts. Okay. Um... But let's talk about the actual rings behind the Ten Rings. Okay. How many of the rings do you want to talk about? Probably all of them. Okay. All right. Um, (laughs) So that's a good good point, though. In the comics, each ring has a different power, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So... Do we think, or like, do we do we think this is a thing that's going to be found out later, or is are they just changing these rings entirely in the MCU? I, I you know, I don't know. As far as a story perspective, mm-hmm. like it would be smart to use it as a way of venturing into learning about the rings having more power. Mm-hmm. You know, each ring can do its unique thing. Yeah. Over however many movies they want to use. Yeah. To keep it from getting stale. You right. know, like, it's not like, oh, just they do the same fucking thing. You yeah. just get times ten. Um, it would be smart to do that, where they kind of learn more about the rings and, and how they can use them more efficiently, mm-hmm. effectively. I think it's interesting that um, whenever Wenwu is using the rings, the light is blue around them. Mm. But then whenever Shang-Chi gets them, it turns like a gold. So I feel like I wonder if that could come into play as to I know it's supposed to symbolize like the two different sides or whatever. Yeah, but like, that just will be like, see, they're they're good. Versus they're good now. <laughs> bad, yeah, like yeah. But it just makes me wonder if there's some different power in there that is bonding more with Shang Chi rather than like his maybe unlocks a certain type of power yeah. depending on the person yeah. using the rings. Yeah, maybe. Um, it, I mean, it feels like it was really connected to their aura. I guess I don't know. Like, yeah, I, just who they are. They're, yeah. That's a good, you bring up a good point though. Like, do we think anybody can use these rings or is it some kind of inherited feature that makes Shang-Chi able to use them? I mean, the only thing I could think of is if it's not everybody can use them, it's obviously he can because he's just the son of whoever whoever was able to use it for whatever reason. Yeah. But I kind of feel like maybe, that's a good question. Is it like a Thor thing? Do you have to be worthy of these rings? I don't see or is why... it like a like a, a pure power thing? Like you have to physically be able to control yeah. the power of these rings. I want to know more about the origin of how his father found them because I thought it, the the story goes that he just found or stole them or something, right? Like he didn't like. I think they kind of they didn't they changed the origin of it. Seems like they may have changed the origin in the MCU, but from the comics, they were on I... an alien spaceship or something, right? Yeah, yeah. In the comics, it was like a lizard race or something. Yeah. Uh, a ship crashed and he found the rings mm-hmm. on the ship. 
like if they were used to power the ship or something. And he was able to just use them, which doesn't, it's like, seems yeah, very unlikely. They've kind of just like did a complete redo of this yeah. character and, and all of the, the background story, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. For, I mean, the Ten Rings weren't even necessarily a Shang-Chi thing. Right. So they've kind of adapted two different things in a way to like kind of mesh them together. Yeah. And I kind of feel like they used the Ten Rings specifically so that they could rationalize why Shang-Chi can fight entities that are much more powerful than him. Right, yeah. Right? He's not... That was my problem with Black Widow. Was no matter how talented or skilled she was, it didn't seem reasonable that she could hold her own against some of these galactic... Villains. Yes, exactly. You know, in the beginning of that movie, whenever they're in, uh, like, fucking Ohio or whatever, and mm. I'm like, oh, and then we learn that her dad is Captain Russia, whatever the fuck his name is, Red Guardian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was, it's he's not really. But yeah. in my mind, at first, I was like, oh, so she's, like, half super soldier. <laughs> so you were like, <laughs> yeah. oh, she has okay, strength. Okay, okay, that explains a lot over the years. And then I was like, no, it doesn't. God damn it. Like, I was just mad that it was like, oh, it clicked. No, it doesn't. That yeah. doesn't work. So, so but it, yeah, it's a good point. That's the kind of character where it's like, I get it. Like, you're supposed to believe she's so good at what she does. Yeah. Like, even Hawkeye. I'm just like, it's hard for me no. to believe. Like, stop. <laughs> um, And so I think this is their way of kind of eliminating that question for, for, for viewers. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, he's got these, got these rings that give him the power to be able to hold his own. Yeah. He's very, his skill is his ability to fight. Right. And his intellect of how to fight, his strategy and all Mm -hmm. that. But the rings, I think, are what are going to give him that ability to, we see him fight the villain at the end of this. We'll get into Mm -hmm. that later. But like, if he didn't have these rings, he would not have been been able able to do that. Plot plot reasons aside. Yeah. Yeah. That fight, he would have been dead. Yes. Uh, however, he's not just a human because his mom is whatever they're technically the, I don't know, maybe MCU is different, but technically the people that live at Talo are not, they're, they're like a, Mm -hmm. at least in the mythology, they're like a God, a God race. So this other race of people, they're people, but they're, they have God-like, they're basically. That's what really confused me too is they, they, they always, they kept saying it was an alternate dimension Mm -hmm. that they were in. Yeah. But it clearly was on Earth. Yeah. Um, so, so are they human or are they something else? Okay, so in the comics, basically they are the Asgardians of China, if you yes. will. Yeah. So they, they're human, but they have, they're better. <laughs> Essentially, they're better than human. <laughs> I mean, they're gods by that And Talo is Asgard for this particular area. Okay. So. That that's the parallel that can be drawn. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, this representation of Tolo was obviously a small little village. Yes, yeah. but they did kind of give a backstory that and... there was this big extravagant city at one yeah, point that, that was Death destroyed Eater, by not Death Eater. That's the wrong franchise. Um... <laughs> Soul Eater. Soul. No, it's the Dark Dealer. The Darkness. Oh my god! Well, Soul Eaters were those little mini, the little things. bullshit guys. Yeah, but I'm talking about the but big the big. Guy. I mean, I just call them like Super Soul Eater. Super Soul Eater, <laughs> Dweller in Darkness. Okay. I knew there was darkness involved. <laughs> anyway, um, that guy, I guess, like destroyed a bunch of those cities and shit. So that's yeah, yeah. why they're like this little village situation now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
in, anyway. in that sense, like they kind of use that whole backstory, like kind of the same as Doctor Strange did, right? Mm-hmm. Where an alternate dimension being is just trying to take over the planet, and mm-hmm. in the shadows, people are protecting that. Yeah, that we just don't see as society. Yes, correct. So, in in that kind of sense, it was a little stale as far as the story. Yeah, but um, I think this movie strives more off of how they do the movie not so much what the movie is right okay one last thing about the rings before we move on and talk more about Talo. um what are they do we know like what what did we find <laughs> obviously we know in the comics what we just what was talked about but like mm-hmm. i mean in the comics you, too they were also like finger like rings, finger rings yeah not like these big ones that go on your wrist yeah. which i think was a really cool yeah creative Designed yeah. to change that. Definitely. It makes it a little bit more cool looking. Yeah. More of a gauntlet situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so do they, they, they can't help but notice they mentioned many times about how old they were. Do we think that they could tie into the internals somehow? I think that we could expect that. Okay. Um, at the very least, something as comparable to the internals. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they could either tie to the Eternals, which would be an obvious way of doing, like, why every movie that we're getting is, like, why it exists. Because they're all tied together, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Or it could just be setting up something bigger that we don't know yet. True. I mean, the implications of the end credit, which we'll talk about later. Yes. Kind of says that there's something big on the horizon for a team-up situation. Yeah. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So whether that's the Celestials uh, being tied to these rings or Mm -hmm. the Eternals made them or something. Yeah. I don't know, but... um, Because there's the one Eternal that makes armor, right? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The other question is, why were they made? Yeah, exactly. Who had them first? Yeah. And why did they give them up? Like, why were they on <laughs> Earth? Like, I, I can't imagine they were for Earth specifically. Yeah. Of being on Earth, unless it's like... They were made for defense. I don't know. Yeah. But I will say I really appreciated how they used these rings as far as like a, as a weapon, mm-hmm. you know, both offensively and defensively. Like it was, even though all it is is like, oh, this thing just like emits power essentially. Mm-hmm. It like, it was really cool to see how they kind of made different takes on how you could incorporate these rings to do different things. You know, yeah. the early scene we saw, we saw Wenwu riding a horse and he's like throwing them all around him like whips yeah and like basically making this big like shield or force field yeah. against arrows yeah right yeah um later on we see him using them kind of as like a a spear i guess kind of thing where yeah. he throws the rings at an enemy mm-hmm. and then comes back to him and, stuff. and then he uses them as like basically like a propul- propulsion propulsion like, yeah yeah to like fly essentially yeah. hover yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I thought one of the coolest things that they did was when he was punching that wall, mm-hmm. he had five on each wrist, right? Yeah. But he transfers five to the other wrist, so he has all ten on one wrist. Yeah. Which then doubles the, the strength of the one fist. Yeah. Which I thought was a very clever use of that. Yeah. We'll get into that whole spew later with the final battle. Yes. But, um, yes. Okay. So, we mentioned Tolo a little bit already. Talo is where uh, Wenwu goes in 96 to look for this, and he meets Lee, or Ying Lee, 
who is the guardian of Tolo. And spoilers. The entrance at the very least, right? Yeah, yeah. She They they called her the guardian, but like basically she's just making sure nobody else gets in. Mm-hmm. Um, she's and, the Gandalf of their time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and she ends up like battling with him. Although it's such a weird, graceful, slow... It reminded me a lot of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like okay. the way that it was so fluid it remi- and yeah, it was, it was very, more like a dance than it was, it was like a battle. Yeah. And I thought it looked really cool how it they, how they very did that. Cool. Yeah. And even to them, like there's moments where I was like, are they... Are they fighting or aggressively fighting, fuck? or is this like <laughs> they're like flirting with yeah. this fight? Like yeah. it, it, you could kind of see it both ways at certain points of that. That yeah, hole. definitely. It was definitely an interesting fight, and so obviously they fall in love, and she ends up she ends up leaving with him, and that's mm-hmm. how we get Shang Chi and Jialing yeah. eventually. Um, so the backstory was essentially that because of his history. Was not worthy, if you will, to step foot into Tullo. He was a a liability, if you will, for what they are trying to do. Yes. Protect yes. the earth from exactly. whatever this being is that they have Hidden locked away. away. Yeah. So she ended up leaving with him and, and giving up her powers. Mm-hmm. and Which is a lot to a huge... sacrifice. Yeah. So she must have really, she really liked felt like dance he battling was... With him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so a little bit about Tolo. In the comics, it's in a pocket dimension, and here they say it's in an, another dimension, so I don't know what the difference between... I think between, the, they're just... I don't know the difference between pocket wording, and another but it, dimension. I think it's the same thing. I don't think they're really... <laughs> um, it's guarded, it's surrounded by a bamboo forest maze, um, and it can only be traversed easily one day per year, which we mentioned earlier. It's mm-hmm. the, um, Kinjin Festival, and, or you can get there with a guide, basically someone who's, who's from there. And um, the use of the forest was really cool. Yeah. To have the the moving maze forest. Yeah, it was very cool. You got to stay in the pocket, essentially, of where it's moving. Yes. Um, And then once you get through. I mean, couldn't you just walk, though? No, because it seemed like they had to go really fast in the car to keep up. But what I'm saying is, like, you had to go fast because the trees would close up. Yeah. And then... There would be no room for a vehicle to go. Yeah. But if you're walking, like, you're going to be able to just go between trees. I guess. Unless they're so close together you can't even do that. I don't know. You think it would physically crush just a person? you, maybe. I don't know. I'm assuming. Okay. All right. Um, so once you get through that maze, you get into Tolo and you see all of these uh, creatures to start off, which is pretty crazy. Um, Morris, who we met earlier, he's a Hundun. He has six legs. Four wings and no face. Yeah, arguably two butts. <laughs> two butts, yeah. He's sensitive about it, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of these um, characters, or all, a lot of these creatures, I guess, they seem like they tie into Chinese mythology. mythology. So the Hundun is the Chinese mythological creature that he matches. Um, is that actually what it visually looks like in... No. it's It's got the same general features... Okay. It's like a really creepy... Character. It felt to me like they were like, how can we make something ridiculous and cute that yeah. we could sell merchandise for? Yeah, it's not normally supposed uh, to be cute. And you succeeded. Yes. It's not normally very cute, but the general features of having no face, mm-hmm. are that is yeah. correct. Much like the Razor Fist stuff. Like, I had a lot of problems with 
like the how this works like how does morris make noise if he yeah. has no mouth it doesn't make sense <laughs> how does he know where he's going if he has no eyes yeah there's... i guess it's all like relied on magic i, I don't know it just and then furthermore how does trevor communicate no, how... with him yeah like, they didn't really explain how he <laughs> yeah, can talk to him i don't know it's a good question um <laughs> Basically, I guess in the mythology, he's uh, his sack-like physique encompassing emptiness suggests creation myths in which the universe comes into existence from the body of a god. It's a little bit more uh, different. A little bit more different. A little different than what we see in the, in the MCU. I like what we saw in the MCU a little bit better. It's supposed okay. to like embody like a chaotic situation. A little more sad. Okay. Okay, so the one that somebody refers to as a weird horse... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Trevor. Trevor. Well, that's a yeah. weird looking horse or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, no. Wasn't it one of the Ten Rings? Was it Razor Fist? S- somebody came. Well, okay. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Whoever it's when said, they, it's when they, when they first, first came out, out of like, the yeah, forest some maze. Some kind of weird horse. Those things. Yeah, the horses were there. Yeah. Well, it's all a lot of things. They yeah. saw like a nine-tailed fox. Yes. I'll get to that. Okay. Um, okay. So the weird horse is a killin', a sort of dragon horse hybrid. Um, I'm not going to get into the origin of all these creatures. Yeah, People can look it up. But... They just Yeah, and then uh, the creatures. Chinese guardian lions are actually fairly cool because they're often seen in Chinese architecture at entrances. So mm-hmm. they're fairly popular. People know about those. And there was two of them. There were two of them, yeah. Usually they have... Uh, Clearly in... they were married. You yeah. can tell. Yeah. Uh, and then the Huli Jing, which I probably said very wrong, but that's the fox with too many tails mm. okay. that we saw. Um, and, Too many tales. Yeah. <laughs> and those apparently usually show up in the mythology to signify the coming of a new ruler, which is kind of interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nine tales is just way too many. It is. Seven is fine, but nine, <laughs> that's too many. Yeah. Um, and then we saw the Great Protector, who's the guardian dragon who helps defeat or who helped defeat the Dweller in Darkness the first time and trap him in the cave situation. And then we see the Dweller in Darkness and the Soul Eaters um, who mm. will go around stealing souls and feeding them to the Dweller in Darkness, which is a super weird thing. Like, how do they survive if they're just stealing? Well, they're, they're probably just deemed, like, minions of the bigger one or yeah. a collective yeah. for them. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I think of it like the... Hive mentality. Like right, they're doing yeah. that for their queen or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Um, Spoilers, it was a female. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know that. Uh, so yeah, in the comics, the Dweller in Darkness is one of the uh, fear lords. Is it basically a demon? Which makes sense. And obviously the MCU is what we just saw. They're a giant flying dragon squid looking situation. It looked dragony, mm-hmm. but also squiddy. Yeah, <laughs> there was a point too where I was like, "This feels like it could be uh, Cthulhu." Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah. But I was like, "Nah, it's not going to be that." Yeah. Like, that's too yeah. much of a tie-in. It's too you much. Know? They yeah. kind of implied that character mm-hmm. in um, WandaVision mm-hmm. with a book and all that stuff, yes. but like, I think that would be a little too connected. Yes. So far. Yeah. And then whenever the whenever they go to Talo after um, meeting Trevor and all of that, they meet their aunt or uh, 
Sheng Chi and Zhao Ling's aunt Nan or Nan, mm-hmm. um, played by Michelle Yeoh, and somehow she magically has like outfits already made for them, <laughs> which I thought was kind of silly. I have to like, assume it was just magic was going to make them fit. Yeah, I like, guess she knew their height, their yeah. their size. Yeah, it, it just... yeah, sure, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that happens in superhero movies. Yeah. We have to accept it. And they were like made of dragon scale or something. Yeah, that's what they use. Yeah, that's against... their like primary defense, yeah. whatnot, and and offense. I guess is having dragon scales as a gift from the Great Protector. Yeah. Um. They were prepared, unlike uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> so essentially, we learn the story of Talo that the dweller in darkness had been basically destroying the whole damn place. And they eventually, with the help of the Great Protector, were able to cram it into this Mm -hmm. hole, seal it up, and so it would stop destroying everything. And they're there in the village to make sure nobody opens that cave hole. Cave hole. (laughs) Cave door? Cave door is probably better. I mean, yeah, yeah, they they (laughs) built a wall. Yeah, and they have the the wall is like made of dragon scales too, so Mm -hmm. everything is like super hard. But wouldn't that mean that it could just break out of the other part of the cave that's not dragon scale? I mean,. I'm sure there's magic involved. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the easy out for, yeah. well, magic. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very cool to see um, Katie actually get into her element here. Picks up a, a bow and arrow and suddenly is a fucking Hawkeye situation. So mm-hmm. that was... Which is interesting because so, that, so does that mean we're going to have two female Hawkeye-ass characters? We're going to have Kate Bishop... In the Hawkeye series, and then we're also going to have Katie from Shang-Chi. Kate E. <laughs> Kate E. No, I don't think we will. I feel like it's going to be, they'll be in different different circles, if you will. Well, but I mean, at some point they would like cross over, right? With whatever events they would do. Maybe. maybe but I mean. Maybe they'll be like competitive about whose arrows are like better. shot better. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, I shoot smaller arrows to go through your arrow yeah (laughs) splits it in half um so it was interesting to see that whole process of like them kind of like learning a little bit about their mother uh Mm -hmm. in her home and from her sister and all that so it was kind of cool yeah it i mean even with with katie it was interesting because like even though she was chinese heritage she didn't really have that culture in her life it felt like yes at least not as much Mm -hmm. as either she would have liked or knew she would have liked yeah um so it was kind of interesting like even going back to like the dinner where with wenwu with wenwu and like he's like what is your chinese name yeah and she's like at first i felt like she didn't really know but then she said ruren yeah but it's like, at first it was like, does she not, she, like, it seemed like maybe she didn't think she had one, she didn't know, but she just was like so thrown off by the question, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had to think about it, I guess. Yeah, she's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But it felt like she was kind of getting a little bit more adapted and interested in mm-hmm. learning the culture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And she obviously took up archery a little bit, which plays into her story arc, right? Yes, definitely. I kind of want to talk about the family dynamic, though. Of okay. Shang-Chi, Wenwu, Zhao Ling, and of course even the mother. And Li. Li. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was interesting how they kind of play the dynamics of all of them. Like mm-hmm. We never really see them all together really necessarily. 
That's a good point. Uh, throughout the like, we you kind of do in flashbacks ish. Yeah. But um, obviously, their mother dies early on mm-hmm. in their life. Yes. Uh, so that kind of sets the stage for how they ended up being raised by their father, who was like basically back to being a warlord at that point. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting upbringing, yeah. to say so, the least. I kind of feel like they the Wen Wu and Lee kind of represented like the the yin yang of their lives, mm-hmm. right? It was their mother was very like loving and heartwarming, yeah, uh, the good, if mm-hmm. you will, yeah, uh, and it felt like the father, even though he loved them, mm-hmm. was more of the negative attributes of like what they could become yeah you know obviously he was a warlord and uh, goes about things a little bit more aggressively than yes than the mother mm-hmm. um in fact i mean that's kind of what ties into like her death right it, yes. it's because of a gang called the iron gang yes which is a competing faction that they wanted a blood debt for whatever happened yeah because their Between leader... Between them and the Ten Rings. Yeah, some bullshit happened. Basically, they were unhappy with his treatment of their situation. And they were like, we're going to come kill your wife. Which is kind of fucked up. It didn't make it, and I was like, well, why <laughs> wouldn't you kill the kids then? If you're yeah. like that fucking yeah. douchey of a... That's how it has to go then. Like, yeah. why did you leave the kids? Yeah, exactly. So, in the comics, the leader of the Iron Gang is Fu Manchu. Who was actually Shang Chi's dad in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting. I don't know if this is just like a... An Easter egg. I feel like it's like an Easter egg to kind of acknowledge the comic, but not directly do it. Yeah. Because we never really get told who the leader is. Yes. All we know is that the leader sent this gang to collect their blood debt. Yeah. On the Ten Rings Wenwu. Yeah. And... And he was like, nope. (laughs) And was like, right back at you. So... So, I mean, it kind of represented, too, how strong she was. Even without her powers, mm-hmm. she was able to take out a good couple dozen yeah. of these men Yes, uh, out of, like, 50 Yeah, before they were able to take her out. Which, yeah. she looked really good yeah. uh, for being dead. Yeah, no kidding. From getting beaten to yeah. death. Yeah. No bruises. You have to assume somebody finally was just like, I'm just going to snap Really nice neck. makeup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was looking really good in death. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of feel like the parents kind of represented the yin-yang of, I guess, what Shongqi and Zhaoling could be. You know, which way they could go. Right. That was the balance was their parents. And yes. it was, which direction are they going to go? Obviously, in the beginning, it felt like Shongqi was going to go the route of his father mm-hmm. because he was kind of trained as an assassin. Yes. He literally goes at age 14 to the States to murder the leader of the Iron Gang mm-hmm. who is responsible for his mother's death. Um, we find out he does do this after being... Quick thought though. I don't think he's sent to the States to do it. He's sent to do it wherever that is and then he flees to the States. Oh. See, I thought that was weird too. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand why he would be in the States if he's... That's of, my of a Chinese gang. Yeah, that was my interpretation. I think he was hiding in the United States. Okay, that changes a lot for me. I yeah. was thinking that the leader was in the states, and I was like, "Oh, who's it gonna be?" Right. Uh, and then this kind of like looking into the comic stuff, like, "Oh, 
Fu Manchu was the leader of the Iron Gang. It's kind of like a little Easter egg of that whole premise there. Because mm-hmm. um, they don't really, they don't tell you who the leader was. Yeah. They just, so I guess it's implied it's not important because he's dead. Mm-hmm. Or will it come back and bite him in the ass in a later movie? Right. You know, will, will a, a son or a daughter of that Iron Gang leader come into play as yeah. a blood debt revenge story? Yeah, that's a good question. It'll be interesting. But we even see uh, Shang-Chi kind of struggle in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. With his identity. We even see his aunt at one point say, like, you need to, like, be who you are. Yes. And then, like, she does this weird thing where she changes his fist to just being open hand. Which yeah. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> you changing it, not him. Yeah. Uh, and then you kind of see him incorporate, you know, eventually his mother's fighting style mm-hmm. with what his father has trained him and become becoming who he wants to be, which I thought was a really fun representation of uh, embracing his dark and his light side of his history, his past Mm -hmm. uh, to be what he wants to be. Mm -hmm. And you kind of even see that with uh, his sister struggling because, you know, there's parts where there's a part where he tried to like uh, question one of the 10 rings guys early in the movie and then she just throws him off the fucking balcony <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. During the bamboo fight scene. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she didn't care. She's like, uh, the living in the States or whatever has made you, made you weak or something. It's made you soft. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, so she's kind of embraced her father's yes. tough, strict, this is how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also seems to care about her brother. Mm-hmm. Despite having this baggage that he abandoned Abandoned her her, as a child. But she comes back for him, so she obviously still cares. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I thought that was interesting how they kind of played off with both of them having these kind of torn uh, identities. Mm -hmm. That they they both are kind of trying to figure out throughout this movie. Yeah. Uh, She's obviously on the side of good because she's helping him try and stop what ends up being the big antagonist in the end. Yes. Um. But there are still moments of question of, like, is she a good per Like, not a good per Is she a villain mm-hmm. to an extent? Yeah. Like, does she have the potential to be bad going forward? I mean, yeah. But it's a good question. Like, we Especially just... with that rope dart. Yeah. I can't believe it's called that. I thought it was going to have some <laughs> kind of cool fucking name. <laughs> as far as the father, Wenwu. Mm-hmm. Is he the antagonist of this movie? I mean... Where does he stand as far as how they approached the antagonist of this movie? He's certainly not set up like he's a good guy. He's certainly set up like he's got a questionable background. I think he's technically the villain, yeah. Like, he's one of those villains where he's, like, slightly redeemed a little bit. Like, he's got some... He's... I mean, everybody... It's kind of like Thanos. Like, he's clearly the villain, but he... Some of his ideas aren't the worst. Mm Mm-hmm. But just his execution of them is the is the worst. Gotcha. <laughs> I guess for me, I I kind of struggled in this movie seeing him as the villain, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that says bad things about me mm-hmm. and my character. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all I saw was a man who may have done shitty things, like as far as like to get the power that he had. But overall, like he loved his family. Like you could mm-hmm. tell it, he cared about his family. Yeah. He was manipulated for sure by whatever was drawing him in to rescue their mother. Yeah. I mean, 
you can't really blame him for that, like believing that she's in there and like the from his perspective, he's trying to save his wife, right? Yes. That's true. But you can tell he does care about his his children. Yeah. Uh he obviously didn't do a great job at raising them in that yeah. sense of yeah. like letting them know that, but like it was his interpretation of what was th- right. When you see him what he thinks is kill Shang-Chi and their little battle later on. Mm-hmm. You could see he like he feels heartbroken. Like he yeah. you kind of see in his eyes that he is saddened by the situation. Yeah. When we see him when they first show up in Talo, when everybody starts fighting mm-hmm. the Ten Rings and 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 the village people <laughs> <laughs> at, at, at the Y at the YMCA, <laughs> yeah. I think it's where they were. Yeah. Um he goes to a shrine of his his wife, mm-hmm. and he kind of shows his respect to her. That's the first thing on his mind is to go represent some kind of respect for his wife that yeah. is dead, but he thinks is alive, right? Yeah. Which I thought was weird because if you think she's alive, then why would you be doing this? But to me, that's like a subconscious level of him knowing she's dead. Yeah, I feel like he thinks that. I think I feel like he thought that she was. Trapped in the afterlife or whatever, but he mm-hmm. could bring her back. I just feel like the way that they represent the character was like he was like he was hurting. She was his life in yeah. a sense. Yeah. Like after the ten, he he wanted power with the ten rings. He got that for thousands of years yeah. or where the fuck it was. Yeah. But then he met her and, and like he she kind of became what was important to him. Yeah. And he literally gave it up. Yeah. And then he didn't go back to like you said until after she died. Yeah. He's like, I to made the revenge. mistake of putting these away. Yeah. I needed these so I could protect her. Yes. And so he vowed he'd never do that again yeah. because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of feel like it's hard for me to see him as the villain. Because like, we've seen so many other characters. Look at Loki. Okay. Arguably he's a more villain than this guy. Yeah. That's true. Abomination was in this movie. He was a villain. Right? Winter yeah. Soldier was a villain. Like all of these characters have been questionable backgrounds. Yeah. And they are not deemed necessarily evil. Yeah. At heart. So, to me, I feel like it was hard to believe that he was a villain in this movie. And that he was just like... He was the uh, antagonist, but not necessarily a villain. Okay, I guess you could argue that. Yeah. Although, technically, if you think about all of his past and what he's done, I think he's probably qualified as a villain. Even though he's not doing something for a villainous purpose this time. Right? I mean, the whole plot is basically him just trying to get his wife back. Yeah. I mean, even when he, like, okay, you know, in the trailer, perfect example. We saw the trailer of this movie back when it first came out. There's a scene where he's in a bar and he's just fucking people up with the rings, right? And it looks like on the outside you see that you go, oh, he's just flaunting his abilities and he's just killing people left and right because he can. Right. Like, they're just... Trash. They're bugs to him. Yeah. And you go into the context of this movie as to what that scene is. It's that's him going back, getting revenge on the very iron gang who just murdered his wife. Yes. And his son is there watching because he wants him to see like he's essentially trying to teach him a lesson. I think he said this is where the blood debt thing comes in. He says a blood debt must be paid in blood or whatever. Yeah. Returned in blood or whatever. Yeah. And um, that's when he does that. Yes. 
clearly Shang-Chi was terrified of the situation. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I'm going to be honest. If I was in that position of my wife was just murdered and I had that ability, I would probably make the same choice. Yeah. I mean, right? No? I mean... I can understand the wanting to. I can I can see that. I mean, when you have those ten rings, you are the law. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, what's to stop you yeah. if you have that ability and you know you're not going to, like, suffer any conflict? I mean, arguably the people were bad people. It's like uh, the Punisher killing... Bad guys. Bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bail bonds uh, customers. Yeah. Criminals. Criminals. <laughs> Bail bonds. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. Okay. But you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we've had other characters, like, even Venom at some points in the comics is an anti-hero. Well, Deadpool is a perfect example, right? Yeah. He kills Venom. people, but he's like... Yeah. But he's funny about he's it. He's deemed... Oh, it's as long as you make a, a, a witty joke in... <laughs> The moment it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing you're wearing your brown pants. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I was impressed with going into this thinking that oh he's the villain he's gonna be this you know I've got an evil plan and mm-hmm. then really it was a it was a story about family yeah and a a, a husband hurting yeah you know missing his wife. Mm-hmm. And trying to come to terms with that and how to cope. Uh, so let's get into the final battle. Yeah? Is it time? Should we talk about the battle? Yeah, let's get yeah. into it. So obviously, you mentioned he goes to pay tribute to Lee at the little shrine while other people start fighting, which is kind of strange. Um, and I mean, nobody stopped him. Nobody stopped him. They're just like, okay. He's like, all right. You do ten you. rings, uh, start fighting them. Yeah. I'm going to go walk over here. And the people just let him walk. Yeah. Nobody even stopped him. Yeah. And she follows him eventually whenever he figures out he's not there, right? Um, and then they have their own little situation going on. Um, and their their battle kind of takes, like you said, he he resorts to what he thinks is killing his son. Because he's like, you can't, you can't do this. You can't open that door because it's not mom behind the door it's Mm. something else and you're gonna let out this darkness that's gonna destroy everything in a way too it's like uh, a way of representing people's inability to cope with uh loss and death yes yeah which i thought was a very interesting take Mm -hmm. on this yeah definitely so um during the battle it's interesting we see initially the the like leader of the military at this village i don't know what his name was but the guy who teaches katie how to Mm -hmm. um shoot arrows yeah (laughs) um initially he's like no you're not ready you can't you can't be part of it which is kind of and then shit hit the fan he's like he's like okay don't fuck up okay all right (laughs) don't die or whatever Yeah. yeah um so that was kind of fun, and just to seeing seeing everybody battle like the between the ten rings and the mm-hmm. the Taloians, we're gonna call them that. Did you okay? Did you notice the weapons that the ten rings were using? So is it safe to say that they were powered by the rings? Like they he transferred power from the rings. It's possible to to those weapons because they had like 
It seems like they have like a They had like electric... crossbows where they shot like electricity yeah. type. I don't know things. if they were powered by the rings or if they were just like electrified it, or something like that. It just like felt that. like they were the same color as it the did. power that glows from his rings. Yeah. So it's very possible that he just imbued them with powers from the rings. Mm. They didn't really get into that, but I kind yeah. of that's what I took from I want, it was yeah. he used the rings to power up. Yeah. That the, could very well be why. The I ten was, rings weapons. Yeah. That would make sense. As the uh, Tello people were using all, like, dragon scale created weapons. So theirs were, mm-hmm. like, basically lighting people on fire and shit, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then, of course, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Wenwu ends up punching Shangji into the lake, which is, like, an odd thing mm-hmm. to do. But I mean, he quite definitively beats him, right? Yeah. It, it's very yeah. clear that he had more power and yeah. ability than yeah. Shangji did. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has the Ten Rings at that point. I know, and it's not like a surprise, but like... Um, So then he flies across the lake with his rings, which is like a... It's like a little jetpack on his arms. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, So he flew across and he starts punching the wall, or the the door made of dragon scales, trying to get through. And as this happens, he starts letting out, like, the cracks start to form, and we get the soul suckers coming out. And that's when shit gets crazy. On the battle, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, they start killing people, like, pretty quickly. And then, who was it that was like, we need to work together? <laughs> Whoever. Jialing, I think. Was it Jialing? Yeah. She, I, her or the aunt. Or were none, basically yeah. Like, basically, they were like, we need to work together. Uh, yeah, your weapons are useless. We have yeah. to work together because yeah. these things will kill us all. Yeah. Um, and he, I think it was like... Uh, Razor Fist, Razor Fist was, was like, like I'm not gonna work with you. Yeah, we don't. But one need of the you. few lines he had in the <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that's where we see Death Dealer get grabbed. Yes. Uh, trying to kill his thing, and he yeah. can't. It's like Jello pudding. Yeah. It it was like a weird. Basically, them stabbing it with regular weapons. It was just like going right through them, like mm-hmm. they were opening. Yeah, it wasn't. Hence doing the dragon anything. scale being needed. Yes. So. And so we see his soul sucked out, mm-hmm. and then. He just drops dead. Yes. Um, Which is a very anticlimactic ending for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when, like, if they were to give him, of all characters, some kind of dragon scale weapon. Like, uh-huh. it would have been cool to see him in action. Yes. In that kind of situation. Yeah. And I think that we didn't get something that we could have truly enjoyed with that. Yeah, that's true. So once they start to work together, they're still having a lot of trouble, but it seems like they're holding their own a little bit. So really, uh, I guess Death Dealer's death is yeah. what drew them to just basically work together and unite, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, which was interesting because we saw then Razor Fist break off a dragon scale like sword yeah. from like a, a a shaft. Yeah. And then just shoves just it into his shove arm. it into his arm and like yeah. lock it in. Yeah. So just like that. That's how it works. Further <laughs> questioning: How the fuck does his Mechanic. Yeah, yeah. I want to know what the, the mechanics of his like. arm work. <laughs> yeah. Who engineered this motherfucker? Yeah, it's ridiculous. But that was—I thought that was a, a fun play on on him being able to basically still do what he does. Yeah. But with dragon scale. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty fucked up that like Shang Chi is at the bottom of the lake, whatever, and we're like, well, obviously, like we're—I'm sure you were thinking with me, like <laughs> roll credits. Yeah, I'm like, he's obviously not gonna die, right? Like this doesn't make sense. Um. For this movie, for that to happen. And then the whole thing that um, his mom had said a long time ago. It was like, you have the heart of the dragon or something. 
Heart of the Dragon or Heart of the Great Protector in you just like I do. Mm-hmm. And she had said that a couple of different times. And I was like, oh, okay. So whatever it is causes the awakening of the Great Protector. And then the dragon comes I mean, out. Obviously, he pissed a little bit. Yeah. And the, the leg. And the dragon's like, oh, fuck no. I'm probably getting, even getting shit. you out of here. You know, if you die here, you shit. <laughs> yeah. So he probably let some out when yeah. he died. Yeah. And then this dragon's like, oh, fuck no. Get yeah, the hell get out, the of fuck out of my lake. Yeah. <laughs> so the dragon brings him out of the water and he, he's he, just he's like alive. He's dragging him out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this like, oh shit moment where he comes back and he's like, tr- gonna save the day. Interesting too about the dragon. It's called the Great Protector, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I was one that, uh, based off the trailers, I was like, oh, that's gotta be Fen Fang Foom. Right. Which is a... A known dragon in the Marvel comics. Right. And actually of the race of the rings. Oh, okay. But it, it's not at all. Yeah. As far as I, as far as we're aware, this is a completely different dragon. Yeah. Not to say that we won't see that dragon in the future. Right. But I thought that was interesting that it just was not at all what we'd expected. Yeah. They like to do that to us, so. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was a little unclear if he actually did die or if he was just kind of unconscious underwater. I think he was just unconscious because he had, like, the bubbles all forming around him to, like, give him air to keep That's breathing. what was going on, right? Yeah. Okay. So the, the oxygen in the water was... Somehow gathering to him. Siphoned out of the water yeah. to him, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I took out of it. Yeah. I don't think he actually died. Like, he just was rescued before he died. Gotcha. He was kept alive. Hmm. Um, okay, so maybe there wasn't any poop in the lake. Yeah. Maybe not. I mean, there probably was. Just not from this. Not from him. Yeah, not from him. The grave protector's like, oh, you only knew what's down here. You don't want to come down here. Let's go back to the top. Yeah. Um, this was pretty cool whenever you get to see him, like, flying on the dragon. Mm-hmm. And it was like the never ending story. Was, I was looking to say, it's like a little bit never ending story vibes. <laughs> So the great protector tries goes goes around and is like eating all the fucking little soul sucker bitches. Right? Yeah, he's like um, 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 um. yep, um. exactly. And then uh, who is it? Uh, oh yeah, whenever the little soul suckers start overcoming, like they're all around its eyes and everything, and mm-hmm. like then that's that, when... that part was like breaking my heart. I was yeah. like, oh man, is he going to get his eyes eaten now? Yeah, that was really fucked up. And then Jialing was like, oh fuck no. And so she's like yeah. swinging her fucking rope dart. Yeah. And like, which is like, again, be real careful with that. Yeah. You poke its eye out. Also, it, Helga was so far away. There's no reason. That, that I don't know how reach. she reached. It didn't and make sense. let alone was able to just like a sweep yeah. across yeah. without stabbing him. Yeah, it made no sense, but whatever. <laughs> it looked good. It looked great. It looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think the dragon looked really good too. Like the, yeah. the CGI on the dragon was impressive. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the whole movie, really, I felt like, you know, some of the Marvel movies, you kind of, there's moments where you're like, yeah, it doesn't look that great. Yeah. <laughs> this one, I felt like it was overall really solid. Yeah, I agree. I especially like the lions. I think they were really cool. Mm hmm. Yeah. They were annoyed with Morris. Yeah. <laughs> Crawling on them and stuff. Yeah. Um, so while this battle's going down, eventually it seems like the uh, one was making progress, breaking down the dragon scale door. So Shang Chi has to head back over there and be like, "WTF? Stop it!" You know. Yeah. And <laughs> he should have said that. I think that's exactly what he said. <laughs> I, if I'm correct. 
And he really makes this heartfelt plea to him, like, to try to convince him, like, mom's not back there. Like, Mm -hmm. you need to stop this. You're going to ruin everything, essentially. Like, stop. And he's like, no. And continues. And I think that this scene was, it was strong. It was powerful, right? Not because he had ten rings, but because, like, you could feel when Wu in his, like, struggle. Like, he just wanted his wife back. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't about power. It yeah. was about just feeling complete again. Yeah, exactly. And I think Shang-Chi, like, he could see that. Like, he could yeah. feel that. It yeah. wasn't like... I feel like they had a bonding moment in this battle. They did, yeah. Like, it, it was very clear. Like, they could see that they loved each other. But, mm-hmm. like, they were just both at impasses of, like, I need this. Yes, Shang-Chi was more of a like, well, I need you to the not earth do needs this. this. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, I need you to not. <laughs> so, yeah, then the they have their like epic ring battle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Again, we saw some really fun uses of the rings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Shang-Chi use his newly identified whatever powers from his, mo- not powers, but like, I don't know, like. It feels like powers. Moves but... from his mother. Yeah, yeah. Techniques. Yeah, and, yeah. and it kind of, it, it's exactly, it was exactly what she used in the, the beginning battle in 96. Mm-hmm. When... when she turned them all into a ball, right? Well, she she took control of them. Yes, yeah. And made them orange or whatever. Yes. Like, he did the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah, he did, like, this whole, like, oh, uh, the universal logo around my body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably what he was trying to do, too. Yeah. yeah. And then he did this whole, like, as they referred to a Kamehameha yeah. later on, <laughs> where he made them into a ball, like into you said, ball, in that yeah. pos- position. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he just throws them on the ground. Like, I thought yeah. that was the, the most impactful yes. part because he told Katie, Yeah. I, I know what I have to do. A blood debt. Like, I have to kill my father. Yes. Yeah. And he was, he said he, like, he thought he was ready to do it. And, and at that point... clearly knew he didn't want to. Or yeah. that he couldn't. And then when he gets to that point, he realizes it's not something... That, it's not what he should do. And that's when he turns the corner from becoming like his dad to realizing he can be who he wants to be. Mm-hmm. He's he not the assassin. He's yeah. not the killer. Yes. And then that's when... What's the name of the fucking beast? The Dweller in Darkness. The Dweller in Darkness. Mm-hmm. No longer dwells in darkness. Yeah. And dwells in regular life. And then he's like, oh, fuck. Okay. So you are real. Yeah. This is awkward. Yes. So is she in there? Yeah. Is she I, behind him? I kind of felt like he still was like, well, my wife's back there though, right? Yeah. Like, she was hanging out with you or? <laughs> and that's got to be heartbreaking. Yeah. But then realize like. Oh, I did destroy Not her. only am I not getting my wife back, but I was played by this being. Yeah. And I have probably just destroyed the planet. Yeah. You could see him have this like shred of humanity back at that point mm-hmm. where he kind of like. I don't know. He didn't seem like the evil villain anymore mm-hmm. at that point. After he had the like, arguably never was. I know. Seeming that way. <laughs> I think that was a really strong uh, scene. Just yeah. that the whole thing, the way it played out. Him, I guess. I, could you say he he sacrificed himself, or did he just kind of like not fight I feel back like... because he was like, you know what, carry on my legacy. Yeah, I feel like he just didn't fight back, but I I'm not really sure because. There was a scene later on where I believe he said something like, uh, when he was a child, one of the flashbacks, he said yeah. something like, prove 
you know, proving that you are worthy. You have to show me you're strong enough for me to give you them. Yeah. Yeah. Which implies that he's willing to die at some point because they kind of give him eternal life, right? Yeah. By wearing them. Yes. So if he doesn't have them, he gives it to his son. He's like, that implies he's willing to die. His The rings in in eternity are not what's most important to him. Right. That's true. So we do see... Him sacrifice himself, give the rings to Shang Chi, mm-hmm. who then uses them to do a lot of cool fucking shit. A lot of cool shit, yeah. He and his sister ride around on the Great Protector together for mm-hmm. a while, and then he has that whole moment where he doesn't abandon her this time because she's like falling or something. Yeah, and she's like, "Let me go. You need to do whatever to save the world." Mm-hmm. He's like, I-, "I can't let you go this time," or something like that. I thought it was kind of weird though because it's like he basically was like, "No, I'm gonna let the world just die." Yeah, yeah, it seems potentially die potentially because die. I'm gonna prove that I'm not gonna abandon you again. Yes. It- it was a, arguably in the wrong a weird hill to die decision. On. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I was thinking like, well, you can just let go of her, go kill the fucking thing, and then like she's she's good. Yeah. The thing holding her with its tentacle is not going to kill her. Yeah. Right. Well, unless it would the be tentacle... whether it like threw her in his mouth. Right. That's true. <laughs> but if he's letting go to go attack it, then like you would argue he'd be able to do that before. It did anything with her. Potentially. It just felt like you could have found a loophole in this. Yeah, yeah. It maybe wasn't the best You could have had your cake and ate ate it too and then shit in the lake after. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. I The fucking... Also, the Great Protector, not doing that great of a job. You might want to change its title. Yeah, I don't understand how the Great Protector, supposedly, and the people of Talo trapped this in the Dweller in Darkness in there originally. Mm -hmm. Are we to assume they had the power of the Ten Rings at the time? Because I don't think they did. that was confusing, too, because um, I don't think they did. I I think that's irrelevant to what their story was. But there was a time where i want to say when they first showed up to 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 this place mm-hmm. uh she asked does your father have the rings mm-hmm. and then they cut over to her telling the story yeah. about how they defeated yeah this being but like this the rings were not a part of that story it was not even like no relevant it was that it. was brought up because she said the rings were the only or whoever wields the ring has the only one that has the power to break down that wall mm and so he was being called to because he had that power. Yes, yeah. That was why that was a discussion. Gotcha. I remember that part. Okay. But I still don't understand. I still stand by questioning how they possibly trapped it there originally without the rings. That mm-hmm. Did they just have like a lot more people, a lot more power? Was the Great Protector in better shape at the time? Like, That's true. He could be older. <laughs> yeah. It's because the Great Protector was like a lot smaller than the fucking Dweller in Darkness. Mm-hmm. At least I felt like it was. So... I'm just confused about he that. He was longer, ritual. though. You know. True, true. Well, he doesn't make up. Oh, in, right. Well, do he doesn't like... make up in girth. He makes up in length. Okay. <laughs> just like a noodle. He's <laughs> <laughs> just got a noodle to death. Yeah. Uh, I guess the Break Protector did that thing where he, like, swirled around or whatever. And if the Dweller in Darkness hadn't gotten that soul at the last minute, then it would have trapped him in the ice or whatever the fuck it was that the Protector mm. did. Gotcha. So maybe that's how they did it last time too. Anyway, um, hopefully we get an origin movie about how that happened. Yeah, hopefully I'd be okay with it. I mean, we need that obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, so here you had brought up this question: Do we think that it's clear 
to Zhaoling that Shang-Chi did not kill his dad. See, I don't think it's clear. Because when that scene happened, which she has really good eyesight because you're across the fucking lake. Yeah, yeah. And you somehow saw the body of your father. Yeah. It felt like she saw the body, looked at him, and to me, I took that as like either her with just a look asking, did you kill him? Uh-huh. Or it was like her acknowledging that you killed him and like, because it needed to be done. Right. It right. felt like it wasn't understood that he died from the creature. It right. was questioned about Shang-Chi did it. Right, right. So I'm curious if that's going to play into her character going forward. Mm-hmm. If she's like, Resentful. holds that against him. Yeah. Maybe subconsciously. Yeah. yeah. If she thinks he did that. Yeah. Even though he didn't. Even though he didn't. Yeah. So, uh, after a lot of different fucking acrobatics and shenanigans, uh, Shang-Chi ends up killing the Dweller in Darkness. It seems permanently with, like, the crazy bomb made of rings. Basically, he puts them into the ball again, right? Or he throws them into the thing. He, he like... He pushes them into the dwell- Dweller in Darkness. You're like into its mouth, right? Yeah, he p- pushes them in. Yeah, and then, and then like he pulls them back out through his stomach. Out. Yeah, as like the shape of like the ten rings and yeah. the, the ring. Yeah, giant ring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked really cool. Yeah, it did. It's very cool. Did some crazy like pose as he was going down. Yeah, and then at one point we see Katie gets to be like the hero because oh right she shoots the arrow into the throat of the... yeah because the great protector was going to have its soul sucked yes. out and yes. then she sh- shot she its throat. It. Yeah. So lesson learned. Yeah. Always shoot for the throat. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I think that was like a fun arc for her. Like yes. it was predictable. Right. As soon as she grabbed an arrow. Yep. And then as soon as they were like, oh no, the great gar- great protector is, you know, going to have its soul sucked out. And like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, yeah. she's going to have to shoot the throat. We got it. But yeah. I did enjoy that they, they did something with that character and didn't just make her like the, funny the comedic person. relief. Yeah. Every every once in a while. Yeah, it was nice for her to be useful rather mm-hmm. than just making jokes. <laughs> yeah. Useful to the plot. I mean, not yes. just like, <laughs> just a useful person. Really after this, all we get is a scene of them back on a double date, if you will, mm-hmm. with the same couple. Yep. Telling this story about all this shit that they did. Yeah. And them not really believing it. Yeah. And we see Wong come out of his teleport ring, whatever yeah. the hell they're called. Yeah, it's like magic portal yeah mm-hmm. uh asking if he has the rings mm-hmm. and if they'd come with him yeah and they're like i guess we gotta go yeah <laughs> this like really fun awkward yeah. moment yeah um i like to point out too no one in that restaurant seems freaked out to see this ring yeah. they see surprise they seem surprised and yeah. shocked yeah but they don't seem like freaked out panicked. like it's yeah. normal to them yeah like i guess we're in a world now after endgame where anything could happen this shit is crazy <laughs> yeah but like it's it's known yeah yeah and then i love the line i want to say katie's like oh i'll just Ven- venmo you for the drinks or whatever it was like. i think it was shang chi but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> product placement i'm sure yeah, i'm sure but it was funny um, it's so true so that was a fun little and ending like, because it was like them showing that they did kind of 
grow. Yeah. Uh, it would do something with their lives, and like the friends didn't really believe it. Yeah. Obviously, so it two was weeks such a, ago, blah blah blah, yeah. and now which, this. Which dates this movie. Yes. So we know that yeah. this movie from the beginning to the end was mm-hmm. around two weeks. Yes. Which we again believe it's around April of 2025. Yeah. Early April. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's so funny to see the looks on their friends' faces. Mm-hmm. Whenever the whenever yeah. Wong shows up. <laughs> well, then we get a mid credit scene, which just kind of like picks up off uh, where Wong walk into the portal with them. And we see Wong talking to Katie and Shang-Chi and then it pans over and we see uh, Bruce Banner in mm-hmm. a sling. Yeah. His arms in a sling. Like holograms of holograms, yes. Bruce Banner Sorry. and, and uh, Captain, Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, so Banner is himself and not Hulk mm-hmm. at this point. Honestly, I didn't even make that connection of like how weird it is that he's not in Hulk form. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I caught the sling. I was like, okay. So this obviously dates it post Endgame. Right. Because of that. Yes. Um, But I didn't even make the connection that he's not Hulk. Yeah. Because the last time we saw him, he was like, what do they call it? Professor Hulk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, Captain Marvel has longer hair. Back to similar, uh, similar to how she looked in her movie rather than in Endgame where she had the like short little haircut. Which tells us enough time has passed that she's grown her hair out. Yes. Or she's just really good at Well she has like a secret power of hair growing but that's not in any of the comics. Yeah. (laughs) Really makes it a bitch to have to shave. Yeah. (laughs) Certain parts of her body. Yeah. Certain parts. (laughs) So they're talking about the rings in this scene and trying to figure out like Mm -hmm. What they are. Yeah, Wong said something about he felt the energy from... Yeah, whenever you took possession of the rings, I felt some energy happened, and I felt it all the way in Comartage, which is where they are Mm. in the... um, Which... Which makes sense. Which helps date where they, like, where this is in the timeline. Yeah, definitely, because he's at Comartage. Because it feels like it might take place after Spider-Man, No Way Home, based off that that trailer and Mm -hmm. what we see with Wong. Yeah, and then... Macau is in, I don't know where, uh, Talo obviously is in this pocket dimension, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't know where physically or geographically that pocket dimension lives on Earth, but presumably it's somewhere closer to Macau than the northern parts of China, which, Mm -hmm. yeah, Nepal's further away than Macau. You know, that also says, too, the fact that I just thought about this. When he got a hold of the rings, Mm -hmm. they were in the pocket dimension. Yes. So if this, where wherever these rings are from, which mm-hmm. they dated them long older than what his father, the time frame his father yes, had them, which is a thousand years. That, yeah. So th- they're really old. Yeah. And then Captain Marvel said, uh, I don't know anybody who's ever heard of these things. Yeah. Um. So if whoever created them, whatever, had some kind of homing device that they, they got like a signal to it. Yeah. That says a lot from another dimension. Yes, it does. So it could also mean that whoever maybe left them there, either on purpose or accidentally, now has an idea of where they are and they mm-hmm. might come to get them. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that's the question is like, is this going to be a new entity? Is this going to be like a new... Is this setting up a villain for Shang-Chi or is this setting up a crossover event like an avengers moment i just had a thought if they belong to someone 
that someone is probably pretty big, and there are going to be regular rings on that someone. That would be really funny. I think it would. I hope they do that. <laughs> that would be really funny if they did that. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. That's what I'm going with. I don't know. I have no other clues other than that. But they, I mean, they kind of grow too, right? Like they, they aren't like a set size because like otherwise you couldn't technically get them on your wrist because true, true. your hand would be wider than yeah, you'd the, have to the like... ring that they show on. Because they're pretty tight on their arm. Yeah. So they clearly can transform yeah. to fit. True. Do you think if he just like held one on his finger for a while it would shrink? Maybe. Okay. Guess we'll see. Um, Start swearing him on his ankles. Yeah. <laughs> Balancing out his whole body. Yeah. Um, so then we get a little like comic relief, I guess, where like Captain Marvel has to go and she's like, oh, get my number from him. Like, yeah. That was kind of weird. Like, I, 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 I hated that they did this because he asked an important question. Yeah. And it's just disregarded. Yeah. And she's like, like, oh, I gotta, oh go. I gotta go. Yeah. And then there's no answer. And then yeah. even... You know, like you said, she's like, oh, I'll get my number from Hulk. Yeah. Or whatever, from Banner. Yeah. And then even he's like, oh, I don't have her I number. I don't have her number. I don't know. <laughs> uh, best of luck to you. And then he leaves. It's yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. If this was a, a real serious situation and like you guys were like, oh, we really don't know what this is about, like you yeah. were just like, oh, gotta I, go. Yeah. Very weird. Talk to you when I talk to you. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it seems like a little bit more important. Yeah. But Very casual. For I that. guess we don't know why. She had to go, which have to assume it's based off her movie. Yeah. Uh, we don't know why he left, which mm-hmm. I guess you have to assume is based off She-Hulk, maybe? Cause maybe, yeah. I think he's in that one. I, I, I think, think that so. was confirmed. Yeah. Um, which, that could be an explanation as to why he's Banner. Yes, that's uh, true. I think I saw online somebody oh, say, shit. like, uh, if she needed a blood transfusion because of being related. Yeah. Uh, which is part of her origin story. Yeah. Um, it could be possible that he couldn't do it as Hulk because they wouldn't be able to puncture his skin. Right. And so he had to go back to Banner mm-hmm. in order to allow for them to get a blood transfer. Yeah. Okay. That would make sense then. Just an idea. I yeah. I mean, it, it would be an obvious right. way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically all that little mid-scene, like mid-credit scene was just... To, like, make us more curious about the mm. rings. Which I was already curious enough, so I really didn't need that. But, sure. <laughs> it's to kind of grow him, too, as he's more valuable to the MCU than just... Just a random guy who has Has the ability powerful... to fight with rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. he's going to be intricate to some kind of story. Yes. With those rings. Yeah. I do like that they have the callback to their very first thing where they're like, oh, we should get some rest and blah, blah, blah. Or we could stay up late and do... So then they have like Wong. A callback to the joke, yeah. Yeah. uh, Wong ends up going out for for karaoke with Mm -hmm. them. I mean, to be fair, if you get like some big crazy fucking news like this, like you're not going to be sleeping that night. That's true. You're not going home and sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like a a huge mind fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Um... Also, did that kind of imply that he is a part of the Avengers now? Because Banner says, welcome to the circus. Is that like, unofficially, you are an Avenger? I don't think so. I think it was more like, welcome to like being a superhuman or whatever. Okay. Like, having powers and being part of the circle. Gotcha. But I don't think it's like, 
He's. I don't think it's officially like he's an Avenger yet. Okay. But he, he probably will be, right? Yeah. I would think probably. he would be at some point. That's my next question. Yeah. What are we getting first? Are we getting a sequel, solo sequel. Not to say there couldn't be any mm-hmm. characters that come into it. Or are we getting an Avengers movie type situation? Not necessarily an Avengers, like but a collaboration a, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, I think we, a crossover yeah. type movie, like a Civil War. I don't know. We have a lot of characters, movies that are coming in the near, like in the future, in the near future, right? Ish, in mm-hmm. the next couple of years. So I feel like we might be. I mean, we don't really know anything past 2023, right? Mm, okay. We know we have Eternals coming up. We have Doctor Strange. We have Thor in 2022. Okay. Of course, Spider-Man this year as well, in December or whatever. Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, is early 2023, if I'm correct. The Volume 3. Okay, so... I don't think we have any other official... Oh, Captain Marvel 2, wasn't that uh, release date for late 2023? Well, we also have... um... Well, this is a it's a show, right? But it's uh, the Black Panther Wakanda Forever. No, that's a movie, right? Is it a sequel? That is a movie. Yes. Yeah. When is so that? Do they have a release date? They don't July have July eighth, twenty twenty two. Really? Mm-hmm. So that's in July of twenty twenty two. Okay. Yes, according to Cinema Blend. So I'm I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize that was so soon. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, we know of other movies, but we don't have release dates. Like we know there's a Blade. We know there's a Fantastic Four. Yes. Uh, oh, the Marvels is November of 2022. That's Captain Marvel too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's theoretically also Miss Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm taking out of that yeah. is they're introducing her. Well, she might be introducing her in own her show, show but yeah. she'll be in that movie. Yeah, and then we've got Ant Man um, and the Wasp, which that is no longer 2021, like they were oh, pretending it was going to be. Guardians. You were asking about Guardians. Uh, Guardians three is May of 2023. Yeah. Okay. So we, we have the next couple years panned out, uh, but we don't know anything after that. We you know we have the Secret Wars, mm-hmm. or sorry, we have Secret Invasion for Disney Plus, the TV series, which you have to assume is going to be a big part of stuff going forward. Yeah. Because uh, that's not a light comic run. Yeah. So I feel like it were more likely, based on all what we just discussed, I think we're more likely to get a sequel before we get a team up movie. Yeah, that would make more sense. Because there's no team-up. I mean, obviously they have to introduce the characters. I have to assume that they know where they're going with the character already. Yeah. Like they When they were so, when they're creating this movie, yeah. I have to assume they were blueprinting yeah. the next one as well. Yeah. He's not... So that's the thing is, like, he's not young enough to be a young Avenger. He's an adult. I mean, yeah. Right? I mean, we don't have young Avengers yet, right? I know, but we, we it's, could. So it's, that perceived that that's the thing that they could be going for in the future yeah with some of the characters they've introduced the last few shows and all that yeah but um that's the only reason i brought it up is because that's a possibility in the future but i don't think he would be part of that Mm -hmm. yeah not to say that 24 is not young but (laughs) it's not young avengers young not young avengers young yeah so we don't we we don't know where the rings came from we know that they are not from earth we know that they are really fucking old yes um so it will be interesting to find out a little bit more about these things and how they tie to the overall MCU. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder if they're going the Secret Wars route mm-hmm. with the Beyonder. Maybe this is something that ties to the Beyonder, mm-hmm. if it's that old. Okay. 
Um, otherwise, like you kind of said, Eternals, maybe they were made by... A Celestial. Uh, one of the Eternals. Yeah. You know, the, the, the blacksmith character. I can't remember his name. I, I can't either. But it's possible it's something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it would have to have been made before Earth, right? Because... Yeah. Yeah, like if it's just a weapon he already had made before yeah. they came to Earth. Well, I guess it wouldn't have been older than Earth. It would have been older than whenever when Wu yeah got it basically older than a thousand years but yes. pro- maybe not older than earth entirely yeah yeah either way it could have been something that was like part of mm-hmm. their collection or something that did they just yeah the, the whole scene reminded me of uh the the end credit that they did for uh captain marvel with the yeah. uh infinity war where yeah. they had the beeper yes it, it just reminded me of that like yeah. it was a beacon to to alert somebody and so yeah. It's just that tease of who's it going to be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we already knew it was her in that sense. And then our, our the second post credit, which I don't know if you saw with the first one, there was people literally leaving after the movie. Yes, but it's there like were. I think you actually, yeah, you said, <laughs> do people not get what what what? <laughs> I'm like, do people not understand what Marvel movies are? Like, do we do we not understand? Why are you here if you don't I, understand? Yeah, it is weird because if you're here, like opening night yeah for a marvel movie yeah it's implied you probably care also it doesn't matter if you care hard or not there's not a rush of tra- it's not like this is dodger stadium after a game mm-hmm. like not here at least not here <laughs> like you can you're not gonna get your to your car there's not gonna be a crowd leaving yeah. is what i'm saying you're like be stuck you're in gonna beat crowd. the crowd by leaving right there was probably what uh, th- maybe 20 25 people, no more than 30 Yeah, in our theater yeah. for this movie. Yeah, it was very low. Yeah. So the pa- the fact that anybody would come see this movie on opening night and then be like, all right, bye, after the first, like after the official end. Yeah. What? There's actually two, a couple that halfway through the movie got up and left. Yeah. And I was like. They were annoying though. I'm so confused okay if. No, they were a different couple. Oh, okay. No, they stayed. Oh. The whole movie, okay. unfortunately. But this couple, like, they left halfway through. I'm like, I understand. Like, you had to have known what you're getting into when you got this movie ticket. Yeah. The only thing I think of is, like, they got a text that's, like, an emergency and they have to leave or something. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, what's for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like if you or stay for more than really... half of the movie, then, Maybe. like, you might as well stick it out. Maybe or... they just really didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, I guess. But, like, I don't know. It's just weird for me because it's, like... There's Marvel movies where I'm like, I'm not that enthusiastic, but just because of its over, I know it's going to tie to the bigger scale of the MCU. Yeah. Like, I'm still interested. Yeah. I went into this not having any fucking clue what to expect, and I wouldn't say that I was really excited for it Mm -hmm. until, like, right before it came out. Yeah. And I... I was very I was very surprised by this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Same. So... Um, okay, so let's talk about this other post credit Oh, right, scene. right, right. <laughs> you digressed a little. That couple really distracted us <laughs> yeah, twice yeah. now. Uh, so Jialing, we see over back at the Ten Rings facility, mm-hmm. wherever, uh, what we think to be closing it down yeah. and, and taking care of all that stuff. Yeah. Turns out she's actually redesigning it to be the leader of the new Ten Rings. And yeah. She graffitied all the walls. Yeah, she's brought in her crew all, from the like, underground fight new. stuff. <laughs> yeah, and um, then she's got like Razor Fist is apparently her like number, her number two. Yeah, 
Is it number one or number two? I don't know. I feel like she would be the number if one. If it's Star Trek, it's number one, but I think okay. everyone else is that number two. That confused me, by the way, yeah, with Star Trek. I, I was like, I don't get it. Wouldn't you be number two? <laughs> no, your number one is always your second in command, which is confusing. Okay. I get it. So yeah. are you number zero? I guess. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, that was interesting because, you know, he was fighting her yes. in that battle before they all united. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, he's got some dislike for shung chi which yeah. i don't understand but he yeah. seems to really not like him yeah so i'm interested in like is she now like turning to like a heel villain type role mm-hmm. or is she trying to do good with the ten rings yeah it's definitely interesting she's bringing it into the 21st century it seems because she's got Adding tech there's well they tech. have tech but like yeah but then she's also got like the there's a bunch of women that are like equal numbers yeah, they really working emphasize out, that, like, which i will practicing. argue she was not progressive enough because they were still separated. They were still separated, yeah. women and men. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. I feel like there's there. progress to be had still. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, maybe don't preach if you uh, aren't a preacher. Okay. <laughs> but it was a big upgrade from having her practicing in a back room while all the men were out in the front. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't feel much different if you ask me. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good question. It's hard to say whether... She's going to be a villain because she didn't give me villain vibes. Like, even in this uh, like situation, like, I don't, with the comics, I don't know, is she even a character? I, I honestly don't know, don't know the answer if she's that. even a character in the comics, if this is something that we should know about. Uh, it feels like this is all new territory. Mm-hmm. Um, my instinct was she was a villain going forward. Yeah. That was going to not necessarily be like, we are against each other but like more like a loki i guess where she'll work with you sometimes but against you others it's really about what helps her um not that she doesn't love her brother but she might have other agendas yeah um because like i said in the movie it felt like she was kind of wishy-washy with being kind of like evil ish Mm -hmm. to an extent and like also being like sympathetic and like the the light side of her mother's right views so I don't really know where they're going with that whole arc with her. But they clearly are setting up that the Ten Rings will still exist. Yeah. My other thought is like, well, they could just be doing like a thing like where every character has like an army that's tied to them so that they can use those, you know, that army to fight a bigger scale battle in the background. Right. Wakanda has an army, right? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy have the Ravagers. Uh, according to the Black Widow movie, there's now the Black Widow Red Room Society, who are not necessarily bad guys, but you could deem are like gonna be used in that kind of capacity, right? Exactly. For the future, yeah. So it just feels like the Ten Rings could be used in that aspect, maybe. But I kind of wonder if they're gonna be more of a you don't necessarily know what their agenda is type role. Uh, the character in the movie is actually based off of five of Shang-Chi's sisters in the comics. Wow, that's a lot. They're, yeah. they're like, you know, we can't think of which one to use, so let's just use them all. Yeah. So, that's five good sisters, to know. Huh? Apparently, yeah. So, that brings up another question for me now. What? Will we see other siblings? Will there be other out-of-the-blue characters that, like, we find out later on are siblings that we didn't know about in the future movies? I... Don't I mean they would have to be just like 
I guess they'd have to be out of wedlock, I, yeah, right? Because I don't think he would because he was so. It didn't feel like yeah. traumatized by her loss that he was so focused. He was just That's more focused on anger and revenge. Well, okay, but let's put it like this: he's been around for a thousand years. She wasn't the first uh, person he true probably mingled with. True. So who knows what kind of crazy magical situations other characters like siblings he could have had? Yeah, that's could be true. in. That's true. There could be a lot of older siblings. So I'm just curious if like we could like find out if there's a character that's a sibling who has some form of slow aging because of something that happened 500 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. One of the sisters in the comics, there's a storyline where she mistakenly thinks Shang-Chi murdered their father. So... Oh! Yeah. Going back to my, like, yeah. is it clear that yes. he didn't kill her? Yeah. And then in or this... He, he didn't kill him? He didn't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> so this angers the sister and then she poisons Shang-Chi, although he survives. Um, we clearly don't see that happening at this point, but there is no discussion after she sees that he that the, the father is dead. So who knows? Hmm. They have, like, an amicable relationship while he's saving her and they're fighting to not end the world but maybe after that there's some thoughts that happen yeah, i mean knows? like i said there's clearly a grudge about the whole feeling abandoned as children yes exactly and he never came back after his mission mm-hmm. here's a question i have for you okay. who would you like to see if you were to see at the very least another character come into the next sequel if not a crossover type movie who would you like to see team up and or have some kind of confrontation with Shang-Chi. Well, I feel like it would be interesting to see him go up against somebody who's also got magical powers, even though if they're not from a de- device, per se. So mm-hmm. maybe like Scarlet Witch. I'm not really sure how that would work. But um, okay, something like that could be very, very CGI heavy, obviously. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be interesting to see how powerful these old, old, old rings are. It would be fun to see uh, him go against Hulk mm-hmm. in a, like not combative type situation more like uh all right let's test how powerful these rings really are yes he's gonna fight hulk Mm -hmm. to test what it is and isn't capable of against him right yeah to see what they are going up against as far as like whoever is coming for the rings yeah it's like flash and supergirl racing to see who can get somewhere faster to like test their strength which is based off flash and superman racing yes i know Okay. I was just going with my you just most just had to eject a woman in there, my huh? most recent reference from the fucking yeah. CW shit. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that could, I could see that. That would be interesting. I mean, we're not going to see, obviously, Captain America. Well, Steve Rogers, I should say. We're not going right. to see him. We're not going to see Iron Man, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately. That's the one thing that sucks about the way that they do the MCU now. It's yeah. like... Characters can't really interact with each other um, unless they do a very specific, like, uh, comic run where they allow characters from other times or dimensions and shit, right? Yeah. I guess you could say Captain Marvel, too, would be a way to test his powers, but... Good point. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to really speculate too much because I'm still not really clear everything that those rings can do. So I'd like mm-hmm. to see him go against someone who can really help him figure out what all they can do. That's, you know, another question of uh, 
do the rings have more than what they what we've seen yeah. as far as the power? Yeah, were they perhaps... Is that just a first level of power? Yeah, was it possible that their power was limited by his father's rage or desire for power? And maybe mm. that his... Inability to scope, have a bigger scope yes. on what they could be. Yeah, so perhaps... Uh... Shang-Chi can open up the possibilities with these rings mm-hmm. and see other powers come out of them if he's not focused on yeah. taking over the world. Or at the very least, use his mother's side to unlock something yes. that his father wasn't able to. Yeah. Because he just didn't think about it. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So how do you rank this amongst the other MCU films? Um, honestly, this was probably one of my favorite MCU films, I would say. I really found myself enjoying this a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, going in knowing nothing about the character, knowing nothing about culture behind, you know, the character. Mm-hmm. Or just what they wanted to represent for yeah. the character. Yeah. Um, I would say this is my number three top tier. Wow. I would say Infinity War, Endgame, Shang-Chi. Okay. I put it, I think it's better than Black Panther, and that's obviously deemed one of the better mm-hmm. MCU films. Yeah. Um, I th- here's my thing with this movie. I think it was a very weak story. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything special as far as the overall plot. You got your your typical like end of the movie villain that you had to fight that mm-hmm. didn't really have a whole lot of fleshing out, but like. I think the dynamics of what they did with him and his father were unique enough to make up for the the overall plot being very basic. Okay. I mean, it has a lot in common with Black Panther, if you think about it. Yeah. Him trying to, like, live in his father's footsteps to an extent. Well, he was trying not to. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... I feel like it was, it's similar to Black... Arguably the rings are what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. He's in his footsteps. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Dealing with death. Right. Dealing with a loss. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say, I honestly, I can't put a number on it because it's been, I, I need to really need to rewatch all the Marvel movies because I feel like it's been too long and I don't remember most of them anymore. Yeah, we do need to watch them all again. Um, I'd say it's definitely in like my top third for sure. Top 30%, if you will. Uh, Top thirty percent. So, like, like how many tiers do you have? I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna say you have three tiers, and okay. it's in the top tier. Yeah, it's in the top tier. It was definitely really good. I felt like I I didn't feel like the plot was super simple. I think that um, I think it was more about the characters, yeah, and the way they interacted more than it was about the story of what they have to accomplish. True, but I did Cuz like... it was about them. It was about the family. The 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 battle at the end was it was important, but it wasn't right. The, the point goal of, of saving the, the world was the goal, but it wasn't the main meat and potatoes of the story. Yes. Yes. Um I agree, and I think that I think that's what made it good because you got this perfect balance of uh humor and silliness along with superhero CGI and like a core like a good serious uh em- like emotionally a deep connection between mm-hmm. like talking to, like be- having relationship- driven emotionally driven emotionally driven uh story between family members and figuring out how even <laughs> just having super powered gauntlets <laughs> 
or rings, if you will. That's just kind of like a side side part portion to the story. It's mm-hmm. more about how the family like is and tries to regain their connection. So, yeah, I think it was really good. I liked it. Okay. So with that, why don't we get into our final report on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, let's. Let's start with the anus. <laughs> That's where you like to start, huh? I guess. I don't know. Um, I really, really... I, I don't have a lot of things that I hated because I... I really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. There were just some little things that kind of bothered me that I'll, like, for example, Razor Fist's car. It was terrible. That's not realistic. I mean, I think that's supposed to play into the personality of the character, right? It was I very, guess. like, yeah. club, DJ, disco. Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, I get it. It just I'm proven that I don't get the character yeah, myself, yeah. which I, just I think was like, is the point. It was hideous and I hated it. That's all. And there's even that point where he's like, my car. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Like when they stole it. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. But he also matches uh, the sister, right? He His personality kind of matches her. Yeah. And how she expressively or artistically expressed whatever with her underground. That's true. Yeah. Uh, fighting thing, right? It yeah. was kind of the same feel and theme. That's true. What about you? Did you... Hate anything? I didn't really hate. I'm I'm with you. Like I didn't really hate anything. I was disappointed in some stuff. You know, like the Death Dealer stuff. I, you know, granted, I didn't know much about the character, but mm-hmm. like I do feel they they missed some opportunities with that character. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see uh, them at the very least give that character a little bit more love in this movie if they were going to kill him off mm-hmm. before they killed him off. Right. Okay. I can see that. Um, otherwise, I. I don't have a whole lot of things to complain about. Uh, Morris's lack of a face bothered me, but that's like an <laughs> internal struggle I'm dealing with. Not, yeah. not that it really did anything to ruin the movie. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the muscle. What did you think were the strong or weak points? Uh, the family, uh, the the, yeah. the, the dynamic of the family. We've kind of talked about. Uh, his internal struggle to find his self-identity, for one. Mm-hmm. Having to reflect on his past and move forward. Dealing with his future, mm-hmm. with his family. The relationship between him and his sister, his him and his father. Mm-hmm. I think they were all strong and, and they just worked really well at building a better foundation for a movie that I thought had a weaker plot. Okay. So I guess... The plot was the weak part for me. Okay. But the way that they worked the characters' dynamics together mm-hmm. is what strengthened it. Okay. Um, for me, I feel like the the strongest point were the fight scenes. I think they were all really fucking badass. Cool. They looked like really technically uh, complicated and intricate, if you will. So I thought they their overall like every fight scene was really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the, for the weakness, I think that, um, the little slight gray area about when it takes place in the MCU, like we kind of nailed down where we think it's going to be, but I hate not knowing. <laughs> yeah. But that kind of ties to like, they don't want you to know because I know, I know. they either have other things that that's going to connect to it or they just don't know necessarily where they want to place it with other 
Yeah. Content. That yeah, they I'm have sure there's release. a reason, but for me, I just want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just like it's like okay, I get it. Five. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to tell anybody else. Just tell me. <laughs> just tell me. I, I won't, won't tell say anyone. Anyway. I just, just need to know. Let me know. Yeah. Um, the other weakness I felt was I I really want to know more about the Ten Rings. I'm assuming this is going to be something we find out about later. It's just like again, I want I mean, to know based off the end credit, right? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely something they're supposed pursue. to be a mystery that we're going to get solved at yeah. some point. Yeah, there'll be a big oh shit moment. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure it's because the like you said, the story was supposed to focus on family and whatnot. So like, but they're not going to focus on the reason that the rings have any kind of power mm. or what they are at this point. I mean, they kind of really structured it like these are the rings; they have a lot of power. Uh, he had them for a thousand years. That's like it. they didn't really give a backstory on the rings themselves. No, not at all. That's what. That's why I think is weak about it. I wanted mm. more, but I'm sure they're just setting us up to want more so they can give us more properties. I guess. Um, okay, so the heart of the story, I really love the humor and comedy aspects the most. I think that it was a perfect combination of humor and seriousness. I just always love humor. I know that historically some people have been unhappy with the level or the imbalance or having too many jokes Mm. in some of these Marvel properties or whatever, like they were unbalanced. Yeah, some people think that it takes away from the seriousness moments yeah. when you throw in like a random joke in the middle. Yeah, I, I don't have a yeah. problem with it, obviously. But in this case, I think it was a good balance. So I think those people mm-hmm. probably will be happy with this movie It, it was well. surprising that Aquafina, you know, she didn't have as much of a comedic relief mm-hmm. character as I thought she would have. Yes. She was definitely not tight. I was definitely expecting it. Yeah. Every time I was like, all right, what's she going to say? <laughs> mm-hmm. What's she got to say now? <laughs> Um, I also love the uh, creatures in Talo. I feel like maybe I could have gotten some more of that again, but mm-hmm. I really loved the graphics and CGI of how they like made those creatures. Were yeah, crazy. Felt very Pokemon to me. Yeah, but in like a like a like live action a realistic way. Yeah, <laughs> that even includes Morris. Yeah, the too many tailed uh, fox definitely seems Pokemonish yeah. to me. Yeah, I mean that is a Pokemon. It is. Yeah, is it called a too many tailed fox? Uh, no, but. <laughs> It should have been. Uh, for me, the heart, I think, was just the representation mm-hmm. of the Asian community. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, like I went into this movie not knowing anything about the character, but I also went in not really knowing much about culture. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily know that I learned a lot of, of Asian culture, but I do know that it felt like they tried to inject to some extent culture for yeah. people to not sorry learn but just kind of be exposed appreciate. to and and yeah appreciate yeah you know uh whether it be the outfits or the you know the fighting where it felt like dancing in the, yes. the first scene yeah with the parents and um just you know little things like when shang chi shows up to Katie's apartment, mm-hmm. the family apartment, yeah. to pick her up. Mm-hmm. And the grandmother is talking about how she's got these items for her dead husband's... Yeah. Uh, it was whatever the ceremony thing. It was like Day of the Dead, but for Basically, yeah. the Asian community or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Something that they celebrate. Yeah. And like, they had like a you know, the joke about like, I don't know if he can have Funyuns and cigarettes, but like... <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, well, I last time put a bottle of... 
booze and it was gone the next day. Like, you know, <laughs> fun stuff like that. But, like, yeah. it kind of gave us a little bit of, like, a a glimpse into cultural beliefs or whatever, you okay. know? Okay, so just real quick, it's also known as Tomb Sweeping Day in English. And that's the King Ming Festival, the day that that, oh, that was the maze same thing. opens. That's the same so thing. They were that kind was of a fucking teaser. So they were preluding yes. to what that event yeah, was, was that they used the maze for. Yep. Okay. Well, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, just stuff like that. I, I also appreciate that they used Chinese uh, with subtitles in English yeah. for portions of the movie mm-hmm. to like kind of properly represent that they... Wouldn't be speaking English yes. in this moment, and yeah. like I think it was pretty heavy in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. which I could see could probably bother people because mm-hmm. you go in not really knowing, and then you go, "Oh, is this whole movie going to be like this?" Yeah, but um, I think they did a really great job, and that's I think the heart was the representation and the way that they created a new background for a character that wasn't necessarily well known. Yeah, uh, but made it feel. Like, something you want to learn more about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a good, that's a good one. And obviously, I thought of it. Okay. Okay, so the brain. Um, I, okay, so the thing that I thought was dumb was here. How does Morris's species have no mouth? I do not understand. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's based off Chinese mythology. They obviously don't blah, eat blah, but or poop. Yeah, I just, I, I needed, I needed... It doesn't make sense to me, so mm. it's hard for me to understand. It's very troublesome. Yeah. Um, but I did think that probably the, one of the really smart things was including Trevor Slattery and redeeming that character because it kind of also retroactively redeems part of um, Iron Man 3 uh, by allowing us to see this character in a new light. And he really mm-hmm. is just a guy who happens to be... I mean, he even says, right? He's like, yeah. he's like I've... Fucked up. I yeah. thought I was getting an <laughs> acting gig. That was a good gig. job. <laughs> Turns out I was actually working for a terrorist group. Yeah. <laughs> he just didn't know. <laughs> Can't even imagine being and in that you scenario. Kinda, they, but... And I think they kind of fleshed out that character to like make it more believable that he was that oblivious. Because yeah. they do the line in the car where he's talking about how he got into acting. Yeah. Was because he saw Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and he was so shocked that they got apes. To ride horses. Yeah. <laughs> and then his mother was like, they aren't riding horses, they're actors. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, to find out then that they were just apes acting like they were riding horses. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then I loved that the, in the battle part, he's like, uh, where Morris comes up and is like, I don't know, trying to figure out if he's dead. Yeah, he's, he's like, concerned. Yeah, he's like, uh... What does he say? It's a performance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like play dead. We're we're pretend. Yeah, we're playing dead. Or yeah. whatever. get all the ground. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. So I I really enjoyed. I thought that was clever of them to do because I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting a throwaway conversation like happening mm. at the dinner table, and I was. It was nice to get that little throwback, but like really flesh him out a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I think the brains of this movie was how they took the concept of the mandarin reused it Mm -hmm. and created a character that wasn't the mandarin but represented the the mandarin yeah but gave it a lot more of a purpose than just the villain Mm -hmm. of a movie yeah 
Good call. Especially when it's an Iron Man type character and yeah. you don't have Iron Man. And like mm-hmm. the way they were able to re-represent that character mm-hmm. in a more culturally understandable way, I thought mm-hmm. was very smart. Like it, the way that they basically reused yes. material, but they made it, made it fresh. Right. And so like you make the good point that uh, maybe especially in the comics, the character of the Mandarin and the character of Fu Manchu are maybe a little bit problematic. And mm-hmm. so them being able to take parts of those characters and use them again in a way that is respectful of their, yeah. or of what their origin probably should have been yeah. rather than copying. And when you go back to Doctor Strange too, I think that's what they were trying to do with, with the ancient one, the ancient one yeah. was avoid the concern a stereotype. A stereotype. I think so too. And in return, all what happened was people were upset that they didn't represent. Yes. So, because they try, it's like the easy way out. Like, well, we don't want to do a weird stereotype thing, so we're mm-hmm. going to make sure we go the opposite direction. Yeah. But Which is obviously what they did with Iron Man 3. Absolutely. They didn't want to, yeah. they didn't want to upset people yeah. with a representation yeah. of that character yeah. so, so it's really they, nice to see this movie be fully represented like uh i think almost all of the cast members are um asian yeah with the exception of uh ben kingsley and maybe one or one other but um oh razor fist yes yeah um i think that was it right i think that was it yeah, yeah. almost everybody was asian and i think that it seemed like they represented the culture really well and the characters didn't have these uh, problematic stereotype issues that Mm. may have existed in the comics. And there's a lot of characters that have that in the comics and they've changed a lot obviously with stuff in general. But I would imagine that people are happy with how they've done this. So Mm -hmm. I think think it's great. Yeah, I I really was impressed with this movie. So um, I I think it's pretty obvious I'm going to dissect it. I will too. Yeah. I mean, we literally did. Yeah. This is the anatomy episode. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we're DTF. I guess we we for... did dissect. We were DTF. <laughs> we we are DTF. We are DTF. <laughs> we are DTF. Yep. For Shang Chi and his ten rings. Yeah, and the legend of wherever him. they go. Yes. Hopefully, it's nowhere weird. Yep. I'm I'm excited to see where they go with this character. Yeah, definitely. They, this. Next phase was starting to feel like worrisome, but like I don't know if any of these movies look at all that exciting outside of like Spider Man and Thor and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But because of this one, I, I'm a lot more enthusiastic about Eternals. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, it's very cool. Well, that's it for the anatomy of Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at DTFPod, uh, or send us an email directly to DTFPod at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, DTFCast.com. And please take a few moments out of your day, if you don't mind, and go rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever your podcast service is. If there's a rating possible, we would appreciate you do it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye.